we once again return to the podcast that never stops evolving. Now a third head has grown. It is a bald head filled with all kinds of mini painting secrets and knowledge. And he's here today to share his info on... Trapped under plastic. Ah! We are going to top you up. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Benjamin Cantor. We talked about him before. He is in Minnesota to shoot a little collaborative project with me. And so we had him here on a Friday. So we did the podcast and doing live stream later today. Woo! Woo! Ben. Woo. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. That's great. That's great to hear. Happy to be here. Happy to be the 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 third uh the, the cantress lesion on your uh, podcast <laughs> so ben setting our topic for today is all about the american competitive miniature painting scene because you've been thinking a lot about it lately with the impending golden demon we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves we are way ahead of ourselves we gotta do some preamble ramble we do okay and the only thing in here is ben rapid fire question barrage yes am i a- asking rapid fire questions no, no you are the recipient <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> so right. i'm sure everybody knows ben but if they don't now they're gonna really get to know ben. Oh boy. so ben we're just gonna ask you a couple of questions scott you jump in here at any point if question jumps into your mind ben where do you live uh, I live in Los Angeles, California. Okay. Ben, how old are you? Oh, my God, dude. Are you serious? <laughs> no, no. Okay, we can skip that dude, one. Dude, it makes me feel not so old that this youngin is the only one in here. Oh, so. no. We're the same age, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're all the same age. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the right answer. Yeah. Okay. Um, ben, what always makes you laugh? Your podcast. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, so nice. That was a... I was set him up for one. Okay. John, do you hate Ben? Why are you not looking at him? I'm, I am I can't because there's a bar in the way. Okay. I have to look at them or I have to look at Ben? Talk, I, talk to Ben like this. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> um, ben, do you want to... <laughs> look at me in the eye while you fuck me <laughs> these questions. <laughs> ben, soft cookies or hard cookies? Oh, shit. Dude, fucking so crispy. Oh, <laughs> yeah! No! Yes. Why, yeah. though? What's the reason? It's texture. Like, they're always going to taste okay. like cookies. Why, why would you want, like, a little puddle in your mouth yeah well not so puddles. soft it's a puddle mouth puddles dude but just a nice soft not aggressive <laughs> i want to fucking gravel in my mouth dude <laughs> dude if i want something crunchy i'll eat a goddamn cracker okay <laughs> yeah yeah you want the full captain crunch experience where it shreds the upper part of your inside of your mouth dude. okay i got a question for you ben oh, jesus diet do or dr pepper regular can i just get a diet coke uh, no but we'll I accept mean, it he is an artist. He needs to be creative. You can't you can't box him in okay. with two choices. Well, you did in the last question, and it worked out just fine. Well, it's because my question was better than yours. Okay, Ben. How long have you been painting miniatures for? Uh, I guess five, six years. Okay, cool. That's, yeah. that's the uh, appropriate amount of time, I think. Yeah. After that, like I'm, at, I'm closing in on five myself, and I'm like, all right. Let's, I know everything or yeah. nothing. I'm Let's not retire, sure. dude. Let's just do it. Yeah. This could be a retirement podcast. This is us retiring. <laughs> retiring from painting or retiring from your job to start painting more? Uh, we can retire from whatever you want. Retire from painting. Retire from life. Like, yeah. how, oh, okay. how far do you want to take it? Like, it's the retirement podcast, just in general. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. I had another one. Ben, do you play games? So many, dude. But like miniature war games? Kind of. Okay. Like what? Um... I really there's a game a long time ago called Mordheim. Oh yeah, mm. little, little little throwback. Yeah, maybe you, people remember. Oh, uh, they do. They do. Yes, Mordheim. Love Mordheim. I loved another one from that era, Gorka Morka. Mm. That's that's. I, John's never heard of Gorka. You heard? I've Gorka. heard of Gorka Morka. Okay, dude. I've heard of like <clears throat> it, but I know nothing about the game. Like I know what Mordheim is, what it's supposed to be. I don't know what Gorka Morka is supposed to be. Gorka Morka was in the 40k universe, and it had orcs 
in vehicles and it was like very vehicle combat it was like 40k ish rules but had a bunch of special vehicle rules okay and you just fucking drive around in the sand and shoot your orcs at each other it was pretty fun okay cool yeah. oh that sounds that sounds like fun are yeah. you into board games that have miniatures things like stuff that Simon makes like blood rage zombicide etc i'm fine with that stuff i go to gen con i try out all those games okay so uh, i like stay i stay up on that i don't own it like any games but i stay up on the games okay cool. that's yeah. smart it's smart to test them out but not fall into the giant boxes full of crap yeah. yeah you know you go to gen con for a weekend you can literally test like 100 games so you don't have to like you know have a fucking game room you could just buy the good games and that's not nice. buy the bad games that's nice okay your turn i've done like three questions in a row yeah you just took my preamble ramble topic and did it better than from you from me yeah all right uh ben finish this sentence <laughs> if i were on a desert island wait this is just a question formatted in a different way shut up <laughs> If I, Benjamin Cantor, were on a desert island and I had three pots of paint and I could only paint for the rest of my life with those three colors, what would they be? I would bring... I said me, Benjamin Cantor. Fin- oh, okay. I mean, I guess I would just be in like a a black, a, a, a white, and I don't know, just fucking give up the third one. Just I, give it up? I'm not going to paint with one color, so just take a black and a white and paint grayscale like an asshole. Okay. I mean, it's a trick question, Ben. Obviously, the, <laughs> oh, is it? The other, the answer is black, white, and yellow, and then you use your own blood for red. That's yeah. actually pretty good. Yeah, I have a plan, uh, and I don't know if I did some research to figure out if I'll actually be able to pull this off because I want to. I want to paint a blit mini only in my own blood um, to see if it, YouTube will actually let me do it, and I think you can. Why? Why wouldn't you be able to do it? Uh, because of their terms and conditions of self harm. Um, Just don't show yourself slitting your own wrists on camera. <laughs> I collected it from myself, <laughs> from some orifice. Yeah, it's don't exactly sacrifice a goat on insane. camera and then like. This is already the darkest trapped <laughs> under the darkest tub. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So just bringing that up. Yeah. You know, do you need to do a warning or right? Warning? Uh, yeah. Warning: I'm, Do not attempt anything that any of us say ever. Yeah. It's easily the darkest tub, you guys, yes. and we're fucking like two yeah. minutes in. Have, Ten you, minutes. Ha- have you seen every episode? I've, I've at least seen most of them. Wow. Can I like, can I, can I nag you on your own podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you guys have opinions and I'm like, don't agree with them. I'm like, I can't fucking do this anymore. I turn it off. <laughs> Dude, t- which, give me one. I don't, I can't remember anything specific. Sometimes, oh. sometimes I'm heavily dissenting. I'm like, like, I'm like, these guys are so wrong. Really? Yeah. Man, I wish I knew. Okay. You can't remember a single one. No, I'm not specifically. Sometimes there's hot takes. Sometimes you, you sometimes you qualify your hot takes as like we don't really know anything about this, but we're gonna have a hot take on it. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. That's most of what we do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No research goes into the podcast. No. 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 But next time that happens, you message us. Yeah. You're like, uh, excuse me. Then we can fight about it on the next time. No, I don't want to be that guy. I just want to turn your podcast off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, I, mo- I mostly, I mostly, I mostly listen to them. No, that's cool. See, it always surprises me when people of any kind of repute listen to our podcast because who are we? Nobody. Yeah. How plugged into the miniature painting scene are you? I'm pretty plugged in, but hold on, just go back to the last thing you were saying. I would j- just to diminish you guys a little bit. I would say that I sit, at, I sit at work. I usually listen to eight hours of podcasts a day. Oh, okay, so okay, easy to fit you in. I also listen at double speed, so okay. you're only worth like thirty minutes to me. Wait. I recently got into that, the 1.5. Yeah. I can't go faster than 1.5, man. You got to train your brain. I guess. You got to get, get acclimated to 1.5, take it up to 1.6. If you go to 2.0, you're just going to just fry yourself. Yeah. Oh, man. It's too much information too fast. Yeah. So seriously, you listen to all podcasts at two times speed? Yeah. 
Okay. There is a lot of pausing okay. that happens. And people speak slow in general. Like, I suddenly feel like I'm speaking really slow right now. Up okay. us up to 1.5, guys, right now. See what happens. See, yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I speak too fast. But I guess not. Okay, Ben. What's up? You make a fantasy miniature painting team. Who's on your team? How many people do I get? You get four. I get four? Yeah, and yeah. you can't say us because it would... You'd obviously pick us. <laughs> obviously. So you can't say us four others to make your starting five. Yeah. Okay, so I get four people on my team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll take Kirill. Okay. Okay. I'll take Lan, a.k.a. Michael Pizarski. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I will take... I'll take Craft World stu- Studio. Yeah. There's two people. Yeah. And no, you count. can't. That doesn't count. Yes, it does. Okay. It's, 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 it counts as one, but you get both of them. You can only use one of them at a time on your team. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's, it's you don't a, suddenly like have a five-person team. team. Yeah. It's like they tag in and out. Right. 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 And then, yeah, I, you know, I'll take, I'll take Roman Lafat. Okay. Okay. That's a, that's a Harlem Globetrotter squad right there. But Scott and I are going to start the Washington Generals. And we're going to come for your squad. Wait, what is the Washington Generals? That's the team in green that always plays the Harlem Globetrotters and gets dunked on for 60 minutes. Really? You lost both of us on that reference. Yeah. Oh, God. So I've seen the Harlem Globetrotters live, I think, twice. They always play the same team. Really? It's always the Washington Generals. Okay. And and they just get dunked on for 60 minutes. Wait, so you just basically said that we're going to lose? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's the joke, but now that you spell it out... Yeah, it's kind of shit. It's kind of... It's not funny. <laughs> okay, so just, just so I understand... <laughs> You're saying the Washington Generals only exist to lose embarrassingly to the Harlem Globetrotters. Yes. Yes. All right. They are part of the shtick. Well, when you take those four people, what's left? You know? To compete. Right. I think we got plenty of hot hot guns. Yeah. That could come at that team. You got Banshee. Right. Or, you know, know, when Kirill's in the little boy's room getting ready for the painting thing. You just take a bat to his kneecaps. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Sabotage yeah. always In- works. Incapacitate him. Yes. Unfortunately, someone would wheel him in and he'd still paint. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You got to break his knuckles and his fingers. Pizarski's got a brother who's apparently really good. Yes, he is. So. And also paints a lot like Land did five years ago. Okay. Yeah. You just get his brother. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think there are the, the, the world of miniature painting is bigger than that. Yeah, we could have a full 32 teams league. We should do a draft. See, I want to do a fantasy manager or anything, but there isn't enough competition around the year to like acquire enough points to like really work it out. Oh, that would be pretty cool. You know, there's no teams. You know, there needs to be like a Spanish team with like a roster that like go to every event and they're paid to do that. I think they used to do that. No. And they didn't get paid, but they used to show up with like... Oh, yeah. Team Spain. Yeah, yeah. Team, team Spain. Spain. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Why can't we represent like that? We can. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. We're a decision away from that, Ben. Okay. One decision that we're going to discuss. We need yeah. we need American flag headbands. We need we need, oh, we need yeah. Eric Swinson. We need Cat Martin. We need Sam Lenz. We need Anthony Wang. We need... What else? Ben. We need Ben. Who's Ben? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we need uh, we need Marika Reimer. You guys, Marika Reimer. Yeah. Actually, Marie, Jen Marie, Haley. Marie, Marika Reimer should really be the team captain. Jen Haley. Yeah, Jen Haley. Jen Haley. Okay. We have a team. We're team. gonna get jerseys. I'm team. most excited about the swag. Team America. Yeah. We've team got America. we've got good people. Fuck yeah, kind of. Yes. Okay. Yes. Kind we're gonna we do not we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have a, a what do they call it in uh, in baseball a farm system. That's what we need. We oh, need yeah. a farm system where we we cultivate all the young talent. Yeah. So then we're just there's always a new hot gun that's coming up because we've supported them. Ben's got a thing for baseball. 
Yeah, dude. You like baseball? He, he was trying to make baseball analogies repeatedly last night to help me understand something about miniature painting. Trying to use something that I understand a lot, but finding it in terms of something I understand not at all. Scott doesn't know what a pinch hitter is. I do know what a pinch hitter oh, is. No. I thought it was someone who bats only for a pitcher, but it's someone who bats for anyone in a pinch. Oh, okay. No. I'm close. sorry that that had to come out on the podcast. So okay. I, I, I don't know sports. <laughs> I don't eat sports, okay? Moving on. Right, right, right. From the preamble ramble where I'm slowly losing my grasp on the, on the, the power here. Yeah. What have we painted what lately? Have we painted? Ben, why don't you get us started off here? In the last month. In the last month? In uh, la- well, how often do you paint? I paint every day. I paint a lot of shit in the last month. Hell yeah. Okay. In the okay. last week, what'd you paint? Last week, sure. Last week, I have been painting uh, 28 millimeter miniatures just as like a golden demon warm up because i realized i don't paint 28 millimeter miniatures mm-hmm. very well i'm like kind of bad at it so oh. i've uh especially because i haven't painted in a while so i've been just kind of dicking around like putting putting paint on 28 millimeter miniatures without trying to actually finish them okay so keeping that in mind is your like selection for golden demon going to be something that is a, like a larger figure no just like a little, little baby figure little baby okay it's a He's not. He's not doing. Uh, what's that new big demon that just came out? Bellacor. Bellacor. Because Bellacor is basically a seventy-two millimeter model. No, he's not. He's big. He's like that tall, dude. Yeah, that no, would take he, me like three hundred hours. He's tall, but he doesn't live in a seventy-two millimeter I, world. And also, head top head top of the head to his feet, he isn't seventy-two millimeters tall. Is he? Is he that big? Is he this tall? Yeah, dude. Really? Yeah, he's big. For all you listeners, Scott has his fingers fully extended. <laughs> My baby hands. Like five inches. He's like five inches tall. Okay. Anyway, okay. You are, but I, I totally feel that, Ben. I went through some times where I mostly just painted bigger stuff, and then I went back to trying to paint something well at the standard 28 millimeter size. It's like a different <laughs> muscle. It's You yeah. used the average, the 80% mark of work on that versus the 80% mark work on a big model it's just such a different process see unlike you two rookies i'm always good at painting 28 mil that's what i grew up on mm. it's my background i don't think I've, i don't think i've ever been good at painting 28 millimeter and i just now am like realizing that so i need to put in the work yeah it's yeah i gotta get used to it sam the doing the reverse getting used to large scale have you found anything in your practice thus far that's been like a, an aha or a like, this is a key thing that I know I need to do differently than how I do it with a bigger figure? Yeah, I need to not slap paint on the miniature like a fucking asshole. Yeah. And because the, you know, you, just can, you can ruin detail and you can like make a mess and that's what I do on larger scale. I just can't do it. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's so many little fiddly bits, especially, I mean, we're talking Golden Demon, we're talking about GW miniatures, we're talking about... M- 10,000 tiny details on there. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I still see like you're, you're, if, if you're painting like a space marine, you can still be bold with your main color, but you're also being bold and a lot less slapping because there's a lot less surface area. Less slapping in the base. Slap what the base. 28 mil miles have you painted? Like specifically which ones? Specifically which ones? Yeah. Uh, I, well, just go back way back. I've painted some space marines. Well, I mean, like in the last week. In la- oh, in the last week. Yeah, I thought yeah, you yeah. meant like because I've only painted like twelve total in my life. So I was just gonna tell you <laughs> okay. the twelve that I painted. <laughs> okay, in my okay, life. sure you can do that too. Okay. Sure, in the past week, I painted two of the twelve that I've ever painted. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the past week, I painted um, a very an intercessor space marine. Okay. Which actually, your Discord helped me because I was like, I had to ask them. Because what space marines were the new ones okay sure <laughs> so you asked like what should i paint like what's a good standard one 
Yeah, I well, because I was like, I used to paint tactical Marines, but now I see all these other weird Marines. I don't understand them. <laughs> and so they were helping me out. Okay. And apparently the intercessors are like the big, new, chunky chunky ones. Yeah. Or the, pr- sorry, Primaris intercessors. There you go. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. It's just words to me. But yeah, yeah. I painted one of those guys. He was okay. pretty cool. Okay. And then I painted uh, like, a, I don't know, some kind of chaos guy from a, one of the board games. I don't know. It's, I can't lose so much shit. I can't. I lose track of it. <laughs> Is it 40K? He was, he was part of the Warhammer fantasy or Age of Sigmar oh, universe. The war, one of the Warcry, maybe. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. Yeah. He was from a Warcry war band. Okay. How the fuck did you just guess that? Because I have a big brain. There's so there there's so many things that it could be based on his description. You just guessed war crime or right. Well, I went through order of operations of what's been recent, what's chaos. He said fantasy. What's big in that recently? That's obviously war crime or brands. Your your brain was it so the guy? Bad. Was it the guys that look like uh, like He Man and use like bone weapons? Yeah, exactly. Boom. Oh, fuck. <laughs> There's like 12 tribes. Get the <laughs> right one. Whatever. Fuck it. All right. What else? That's it. I just painted those two. Cool. Cool. And maybe maybe we can get Ben to show us uh, pictures of, of his versions of them and we can put them on the screen too. Yeah, sure. Okay. I'm saying right. that now so we don't forget. And then yes. Amber will message him when she hears this. They're bad. What did you paint, Scotty? I didn't paint anything, but I further assembled this mess of a building. So last time I mentioned I was cutting out parts of styrene on a cricket to make a sci-fi building my math is wrong it's oh no so wrong i mean look at all these gaps hey scott it's, it's disgusting what what's a cricket oh a cricket is that thing it looks like a printer it's a vinyl cutter essentially for you listeners scott's pointing at some contraption that makes no sense to me <laughs> so it's a vinyl cutter it's essentially an, an exacto blade attached to like a cnc system and so you can upload an svg and it'll cut stuff for you and you can set this particular one to a custom setting and define what the cut pressure is and the amount of passes it does. And so it can cut through styrene that's thin enough. And so I made a plan, an SVG, for a little building, and I cut it out. And uh, I'm assembling it. And it's supposed to be, this is the office space for like a sci-fi car repair place. And this is going to be the garage eventually. And it's going to be attached like so. Um, there are areas where it really works out. It's really cool. I'm really proud of this ramp. Yeah. I like the texture that you can see under there. Um, but obviously, there's lots of gap filling and sanding that's going to need to happen because um, nothing worked out perfectly. But there's some cool things. I like that little thing. I don't know what it is. I mean, I think it looks pretty cool. I will say that like, if you were to attempt to make that without your fancy cutting cricket and you tried to do that by hand, it's it impossible. would... Yeah, it would yeah. not look 20% as good. So Yeah, that that is kind of the point of the video is that a lot of terrain hobbyists um limit themselves for the sake of the audience which is like a very endearing thing uh because they want their tutorials to be uh uh, you know easy to follow and i'm just curious if one didn't limit their tool set how good could it get for a scratch build um so i'm using this i'm using a 3d printer and and some other things to see how good it can get that's what i did that's great well to break the fourth wall here a little bit we Uh are recording this a bit of head of schedule, so we have not had a lot of time since our last recording. So that week, yeah. I'm uh, you know I'm hedging on not having done much. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, because my video came out, and so I spent most of the week uh, getting that already. But last Friday, I was here uh, to stream, and I painted the wispy beard man. Yes, on stream. Wait, didn't you with the worm thing? Did you talk about that last episode? Yeah, because oh, okay. that was painted. 
it's typically my process is for a video is I give myself one week to paint the thing and then one week to make the video. Sure. I do a video every other week and I'm trying to figure out this math of how I can take that and condense it uh, to put out more videos, but my brain can't figure that out yet. Um, Just sleep less, sleep, sleep less, uh, drink more that's that's what i need drink what whatever's diet do uh ice protocol (laughs) um but i did paint wispy beard in about two hours here and wispy wispy beard is an example of it doesn't look great because i paint i painted that like i paint something big like it was all about having drama and not about having the individual pieces really separate. So yeah. there's a lot of samey same going on in that mm-hmm. for the purpose of a an overall feel or theme to it. Um, but I, I took it home and I had a little bit of rev- revelation on it. And maybe I'll have it finished by the time the pictures can come up here. That I wanted a little bit more drama to it with the darkness. The darkness. The drama. Darkness. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm going to try out that panel liner, that black Tamiya panel liner. Yeah. And, and just certain very specific parts to really create a hard black line to add a little bit of breaking up okay. of the surfaces. And then I'm going to go through, um, he's got this big kind of cloak over his whole head and that's really bright on top. I thought it might be cool if I tried to freehand like a, like a bloody cultist, like runes or something nice. on that spot. That's to cool. Just do that. And, and of course some blood splatter all over. So, um, Are you doing that today on the podcast or on the, on the live? I'm, I'm not painting today. I didn't oh. bring anything to paint. Okay, okay. I, I'm You're on the go- mic. I'm on the mic, DJ John, and I am gonna uh, I'm gonna handle the audience. Handle. I'm gonna handle them. Okay, okay, okay. While you two do the Lord's work. Have you ever speed painted a 32 scale no model? Wow. So you guys haven't gone to Gen Con, no? No. Because if haven't. you had. There's a you competition, would, isn't there? No, you would know that basically 10 hours a day, every hour, they're running speed painting competition. Oh, jeez. Every single hour on the hour, fucking like 12 people bang out that speed paint. In an hour. Yeah, well, yeah, you basically, every every hour on the hour, you have like a, it, it, they don't run it for a whole hour. It's like 45 or 50 minutes speed paint. Okay. Every, every one of those that gets run has a winner. And then if you win one of the rounds, you can come back on Sunday for like, the the all-star round oh so you, can, you can win speed painting you can win speed painting at gen con okay i want to do that i really want to so do that. are you lining this up to say that you did you compete you competed and you won i think i i think one year i got third overall yeah i wow. came i but actually but here's the thing though i i i won't say i cheated but like they're very like loose at gen con sure i didn't actually win one of the heats but I showed up on Sunday to see if somebody, if any any speed at Gen Con, the rule of the speed painting is if somebody doesn't show up and there's a seat, somebody can take the seat. Okay. So I didn't actually win one of the heats. I think there was some like, like total murder in my, and I don't remember who it was, but it was like, like a very, very dangerous person in my, in the okay. one that I did. This is a mini painting shark in your right. heat. Shark, yeah. yeah, yeah there yeah. was a shark that won. <laughs> and then so, but I came back on Sunday. And I was like, hey, did anybody show up? Is there an extra seat? And they're like, yeah, sure, sit down. And then I got third and like a couple people were pissed at me. <laughs> I mean, if you got third overall, why would they be pissed at you? Right. Like, you, you should have been there in the first place. They weren't, like, actually pissed, but they, like, you know, they were, yeah. I got a little passive-aggressive shade. Okay. But okay. Gen Con's okay. a very friendly place. I don't okay. want to... It's a happy place. So the answer to the question is yes, you have, and you are you are equipped. You have the talent to do it. I actually changed... I actually, over that particular Gen I don't remember what year it was, that particular Gen Con actually changed my whole speed painting approach over the course of the weekend. 
Huh. Like, so you learn something from someone else or because you were just forced into it because of the environment? I was asking all the sharks questions because I was like, I don't know how to speed paint or shit. How I was like, how to speed paint. Okay. And then they were telling me how to speed paint. I was like, okay, I could do that. Okay. okay. So, What's the top two pieces of advice for that that you picked up? Um, I guess I guess I would say number one is just to, as much as possible, focus on the front of the model and focus on the face. Okay. Like, sure. You know, just that, like, you, if you have a really, like, well-painted face, that's what people are going to look at. Right. And then also, just to, the other thing is just to think about, you know, when you're looking at the, the speed-painted models in this particular environment, it's not like you're looking at them a case or something they are not well-lit. It's kind of like in shitty lighting, and you want to make, in order to pop out at the judges, you want something that looks really good from, like, five feet away. Because the judges are going to like pick a few out to look at closer. So you want something that just pops out from like mm. feet, multiple feet away, like just okay. grabs your attention, like very high contrast, just very like very high contrast color scheme. So just to get it in their hand, oh, they so might even look at it. You want the model to pop essentially. Yeah, pop, so like you're pop. using probably bold, more bold colors than maybe you would typically use just to be like, ah, geez, that one j- jumps out at me. You know where you can look to find out how to make the interest pop, John? Where? In the last episode, the of, the last episode of the podcast, dude. Right. All about popping. It's popping miniatures. Yeah. So there, when that one, when you listen to how to make your miniatures pop, great tie back. You can, <laughs> you can yell at us of how we screwed it up. Yeah. So again, yeah. we're call back in the callback. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. This is yeah. It's a cyclical. A a. What's I can't the word? Say, I can't say that word. A cyclical <laughs> callback. Wow, that's tough. Okay, that's what we painted. On the topic for today, oh which is set by Ben here, and no. we're just gonna let Ben. But we do topic, or we do news. No, news is after the topic. All right, because last episode we did news, then topic. So. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. I run the show. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> okay, Ben's gonna just talk at us, and we're gonna just ask a million questions, and it's about the American miniature painting scene and why he's been researching it so deeply, why it's relevant right now. Ben, over to you, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> we know we really are at a, at a very very strange confluence of uh, i mean i think i think we there's been probably just a strange confluence of events before but they like predate me it's definitely the weirdest time i've experienced because you have a confluence of covid okay mm-hmm. and then you <laughs> you whispered that like it was like a <laughs> bad curse or something it is a curse <laughs> It's a curse upon all of our houses. I suppose so. <laughs> it is the Voldemort of our generation. It's a very yeah. biblical phrase. It's a curse upon my house. Yeah. The Rona. <laughs> the Rona. You got the Rona? You got you got the Kobe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got that situation. But then you also have, like, just absolute, absolutely coincidentally, the last year of the Crystal Brush was the year before so we have that situation and then we were supposed to have golden demon in 2020 but because of that we don't have it like that all those things kind of happening at once i mean it makes it makes it sound like miniature painting is like the center of the universe or something and the roan is all about that but yeah uh that's just like a lot of things happening yeah so you might say there's a miniature painting competitive drought right now yeah and everyone's thirsty you could say you could say that yeah you could say you could say people are thirsty. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm thirsty. I wasn't thirsty before, but I've gotten thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have a situation. Golden Demon's coming up at Adepticon in 2022. And what does that mean for us? I mean, like, for the record, 
I sure fucking hope so. <laughs> yeah. Why I mean, wouldn't it? Well, I don't know if you remember back in March 2020, when Adepticon 2020 got canceled, everybody was saying, see you guys in 2021. Well, at least we have 2021. Have to yeah. wait a year, but I'll see you guys in 2021. Yeah. yeah. Hey, did that happen? No, it didn't. It did okay. Happen. Okay. So wh- what's the percentage here, though? I feel like it's kind of like a 95-5 situation. Wow, dude. You're really coming in guns blazing. <laughs> well, what do you think it is? 75 to 80%. Hmm. Yeah. Does that scare you, John? It, it, immensely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because last time last I was, time we missed a con, dude, I, you I, were a wreck of a human being. I was a wreck of a human being for like three months. It was bad. <laughs> like it affected everything in God. me because I was building up for that. Um, and I think it's... In, I, I want to just take a half step back, Ben. Do you think the drama, the turmoil, the, the changing of the guard that happened for Adepticon... 2019 going back to the last one right last crystal brush 2019 yeah yeah that that was the last taste in our mouths especially in america for competitive miniature painting so we went from a great season of change a dirty taste in our mouths to the desert do you think that that helped or or hurt or what where we're at today i mean those are those are i think those are the big strokes i mean obviously we had a, a whole rest of the year worth of cons in 2019. You know, we had like Gen Con, Reaper Con, Nova. We had all the other cons, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't think anybody's going to dispute that Adepticon is the biggest one, mm-hmm. like in terms of importance, maybe. In terms of like competitive miniature painting, I don't think the other ones stack up. No. To Crystal Brush, yeah. I, I appreciate that they all, as far as I know, they all have some level of painting competition there. Yeah. So it's not just that the, it's non-existent, and I like that there is other options, and you can get more people exposed to competitive miniature painting through them. But yes, you're right. the The throne is firmly taken. Yeah. Well, at least it was by Crystal Brush, and then the assumption is that the the goal that that the existence of Golden Demon at Adepticon will continue to cement Adepticon as being the most important yeah. convention. That's the assumption. Yeah. Right. But it hasn't actually happened yet. So, <laughs> True. And, you know. And the other thing, too, is um, we're talking about a painting competition that is run by a company that isn't on American soil as opposed to Crystal Brush, which adds another monkey wrench in here for Adepticon 2022. Adepticon 2022 could still happen, but based on different countries' restrictions, where they're at with the, the fighting of the virus, they might just not be able to come or choose not to come. And Adepticon could still happen. But How terrible would that be? Wow. The, the fact that Games Workshop made their official announcement that they're back, they're coming, they had you know promos, they had marketing, they had visuals, whatever. It kind of shocked me that I did it that early. Yeah. there's. Uh, I mean, on one side, like I feel like for the planning stages... Truly, May is, is about when the Adepticon crew really start the planning stuff. So they probably had to say, look, we're starting the planning stuff now. May and June, July are like they're heavy lifting, get all their ducks in a row months. We need to know. And the thing is, is there has to be a first one at some point. At some point, someone's pulling off the Band-Aid and it's the first big event, you know, ideally knock on wood post-Corona or a livable version of Corona. So why not us? You know, why are they like say, look, all the, the, the science is telling us by the time we get there, we have to make a call now. By the time we get there, we should be good. But that's still a lot of time between now and then. We're supposed to have a Gen Con this year. 
in September. They pushed it or usually at the end of July, early August. So they pushed it two months basically to the end of September. That's surprising to me because I feel like conventions are so like strict about when they have their cons. Mm -hmm. Like the most, the stupidest one is Nova Open and ReaperCon being at the same time the same weekend yeah, yeah why can't they pick a different weekend so people can go to both i've never understood that but yeah so that's 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 shocking that gen con which is like the biggest i don't know i've been calling it the biggest geek convention in the world is going to move their dates but i suppose it's, it's for a, an extreme situation also it's a it's a major economic boom for the for the indianapolis area okay and so i'm sure that there is some collaboration between the city you know, the city council, all that kind of stuff, chamber of commerce and everything to get them there, to make it work because that, that local economy suffers greatly from them not having that event. So I, yeah, I think it's the biggest event in Indiana. Yeah. They've I been can, sending out, they've that. been sending out surveys every couple months for, for people who have attended like me asking mm-hmm. questions like, would you attend if like there's hand sanitizer? Would you, uh, would you attend if the crowds were, it was a reduced capacity and it's, so you have, and I've been like, I want to like hook them up with some information. So I've been answering the, the questionnaires, but the, I think overall the questionnaire is really stupid because let's not act like Gen Con isn't just a filthy swarm of nerds. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. there's no, there's no hand sanitizing your way out of like the mass of human filth <laughs> that is Gen Con. So. Just a slip and slide is the entrance. <laughs> just lube yourself up with hand sanitizer. You got to go down the slip and slide to go in the front doors. Yeah, everyone gets in their little hamster wheels and just rolls through the tunnel. <laughs> Bubble boy. Okay. Yeah. And I, I wrote them a paragraph just like, I, I, I literally literally wrote at the end of the survey, I was like, hey guys, this is me typing. Hey guys, real talk. We all know how filthy this convention is. The only people who are going to come who are people who aren't scared of the Rona because of either... They're just the kind of people who are like, I'm not scared of it, or they got vaccinated. But like anybody who's actually worried for whatever personal reason they have about getting this virus, none of those people are going to come to your convention. Right. Like, so they either have to have one of two reasons, theoretically, yes. not to come or to come. And those are the people who are going to come to your convention. Okay. Right. Yep. And so do you think for that reason, is the competition at Golden Demon going to be easier? I think that the competition at Golden Demon is going to be the steepest, toughest competition that we've ever seen on American soil. Mark my words. Yeah. So that's what I would say in any year where the coronavirus wasn't a thing. Say it happened and it it caused this drought and then it went away entirely and there was no fear for it. I would agree with you entirely. But because there is still people who are not going to want to travel because of that, that issue... It'll be a little bit less steeper. But you're saying, despite that, it's still going to be very intense. I think you have, I'm, I think you have multiple, like, you, let's, let's use your term. I think you've got multiple sharks that have essentially, here, okay. Infinite time. Let's talk about my favorite Golden Demon shark, Richard Gray. I think Richard Gray has two years worth of entries. And I think, and I don't, this is me totally speculating. But this is this is what's happening. Richard Gray is going to bring two years of entries to to uh, USA Golden Demon 2022. He's going to probably win a bunch of shit, and then anything that he either didn't enter or didn't win with, he is going to take then to the next one, which is slated to be in the UK, like a month later. 
I think he's going to get his money worth, money's worth out of his two years of worth of entries. Yeah, I think you're right. That there's a there's going to be a balance. We're going to have a bunch of sharks that can't come or won't come or whatever. But to make up for that, we have all these amazing painters that have two years of, of work under their belt that they can bring with. Where usually they I could do one piece or two pieces. Now they just have, well, let me open the cabinet. For all these things I painted that haven't seen light of day, it's just a volume of great paint jobs that are going to be there. It's just going to be murderer's row. Yeah, it's a huge... I think, and it's also, it's not just that. It's like the huge backlog from any European, but then also if you look at the Americans because we haven't had a golden demon since 2013 there might be some americans with great painted gw minis from like five years ago yeah that you know the golden demon doesn't have any restriction on having entered a previous competition or you could even have one like michael pizarski won uh he won with his uh what's it called his big diorama the, the oh, nagash the, the tribute to nagash thing the yeah. tribute yeah yeah he won uh he won both a he won both uh Crystal brush. Crystal brush and a Slayer sword with that thing. Yep. He just brought on over to Golden Demon. They're like, we love it too. Here's a Slayer sword, Mikal. Take another. Take another. I mean, it was just a piece that was just mind-blowingly phenomenal. But yeah, I think we've, we've unpacked that before on the podcast too about uh, touring your, 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 piece. your piece. Yeah. Um, it might be strategic to just not enter this year and wait for 2022. Everyone blows 23, their, sorry. Blows their load. And yeah, and you're just like, whoop, to slip <laughs> in, you know? Yeah. Is that a strategy? I mean, that's a that's a that's a very poor a poor strategy. <laughs> poor. You're, are you saying poor. that because it's it's like you're being a pussy? Is that why you're saying that? <laughs> I wasn't gonna gender it, but <laughs> if you want to gender it, sure. Okay, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. The way I'm thinking about it is Maybe this uh, earning this Slayer Sword is going to mean something more to the people who are entering in it. But entering the 2023 Golden Demon and getting a Slayer Sword there is still like an equivalent to any other Golden Demon event. Right. Right? Yeah. There's there's not like a, a, podi- so, a podium where you're like, you're also a Slayer Sword winner, but you're further down the podium. <laughs> I'll, also, I just, I hadn't even thought of this, Ben. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Um, it's going to have the most accolade. This is going to be the most drama around whoever wins. Right. right? Because it's like, this person was right. better. Uh, like, how do you, with, well, there's going to be like, there's going to be <clears throat> 25 pieces there that could get a Slayer Sword. Like, it's just going to be a mess. Yeah. Right? Or, did, I, or am I wrong? I know. I think it's going to be a mess. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been heavily, heavily researching uh, the Golden Demon as a competition. And I think that, uh, I'm not going to name any specific years or any specific models, but there are definitely models where a child could look at it and see that the best painted model was not the one that won the Slayer Sword. Yeah. And it's because, I think it's because the Golden Demon is a very specific competition yeah. and they're looking at very specific things. And yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying that the best models necessarily won at Crystal Brush either, but I think there's way more, if you look at the, the things that have won or not won in Golden Demon, there's way more of a disparity between like, well, why is that winning? And like this one that is running circles around this other one, why is that either getting third place or not placing at all? Yeah. I think it's just because they have this this weird technical fetish yeah. of like wanting to see certain things. It's just a very different competition. So yeah, I think there's going to be drama. I mean, I don't think people have to make it into drama. Right. Like that's all personal choices. People, right personal people making personal choices but yeah i think there's going to be some obvious inevitably there's going to be some obvious discrepancies Mm -hmm. 
They're okay. they're very traditionally, um, they're very tuned to a certain uh, style and aesthetic of your finished piece. Yeah, um, that that fits their narrative. In in some regards, I don't even fault them for that. That they want to showcase their products in a way that is most palatable at the highest level of of painting to their audience or in their eyes what they think their audience is like what's going to look best in the pages of a golden demon or excuse me a white dwarf right you know and, and maybe that's traditional i don't know i mean it could have changed over time i don't know two years or 200 years i don't know which it's been has passed since we last had a painting competition maybe every everything's off you know to compound this more you have a lot of american painter sharks who have no online presence but have taken golden demons and stars away and just kind of like just evaporate into the ether and then come back up when it when it happens i'm thinking of like todd swanson i don't think he has much of an, a presence but he's an, a phenomenal painter and he just he he's gotten slayer swords in the past so i gotta imagine people like like that if not todd himself will also be there competing mm-hmm. right people you, people you don't even think of because they don't have an instagram right yeah. So yeah, here's a so, yeah. here's a controversial opinion though. Okay, ready? I don't. The last Golden Demon USA was in 2013. Yeah, I don't. I think that if you took a Slayer Sword winner from Golden Demon USA 2013 and entered it 2022, I don't think it would even win a Golden Demon. That's let alone oh, yeah. A Slayer Sword. I, that's not necessarily controversial. I agree with that. But the thing is, if Todd is painting like that in 2013 and he's painting at the same rate that he was in the prior five years, what's he painting like now, right? probably really well yeah right because he's gonna improve he's gonna adjust his style when the style adjusts and things like that like we all do um so yeah i'm I'm making an assumption that people like todd exist and they kind of fly under the radar but uh but yeah that's what i think i think that every year that goes by that's that's more and more of a unicorn though really yeah i think just the the advent of the ease of use in the value of instagram strictly from a miniature painting perspective even if we're not looking at anything else, like I, I, I don't follow a single person on Instagram that isn't a mini painter. So really, but there's so much value in just inspiration and seeing what everyone's doing or whatever. And it's so easy to take a even a crappy picture with your phone that can turn out pretty decent and put it on there. Okay. I'd be surprised for if someone's going to put a hundred plus hours into a piece that they don't want to show it to the, you know, don't want to show it to people. I, I'm sure there are people out there, but I think I truly think that every year that goes by, that's more and more rare. It's you're creating art because you want people to to appreciate your art, right? That's yeah. weird to not do that. That's true. I tried to find someone, or I tried to find Todd on Instagram, and I couldn't find him. Yeah, I don't know this factually, but I think that a lot of those like American heavy hitters that were winning Golden Demons in like the 2000s up till 2013, when the Golden Demon evaporated, they continued to play the game. They continued to paint, but I think they mostly were painting just like really nice tabletop. Yes. Again, I don't know this factually, but I actually did meet Todd once uh, at, at at an Adepticon. He was there. He just didn't enter anything in the Crystal Brush because I think he was there for the Warhammer and not the Crystal Brush. It's kind of like, I think, different circles of people. Yeah. So you have people yeah. like Tom Ailes, Damon Drescher, Todd Swanson, who have been very successful in the past. And now I just kind of taken a little bit of a backseat approach. Like It's mm-hmm. like, whatever. I've done what i come to do. I'm not interested in doing anything more. I think you're right, though. There, there's a there's a forking path there somewhere in the history of Golden Demons, where I think it mostly started or entirely started as people that played the games and they painted their armies and they just tried a little harder. Or they tried something new or they really went all out for this one thing. 
but still it wasn't solely about the painting. And then at some point paths diverge and we saw people like uh, Banshee, like An- uh, Angel Geraldes, that they kind of started in that realm too. And then they they just kept going in the painting side. And while others were still, we're still mostly gaming focused, but we still want to paint our cool tabletop high level. Somewhere in the mid to the late 2000s, I think those roads diverged. And that's where we see where we're at now, where it's just like whole hog painting and how quickly it's evolved. I mean, even... Like four years ago, I think my first Adepticon, like the quality of the best pieces there to eat, like the stuff I'm seeing on Instagram today, it's like, gosh, like everybody's gotten way better in a tiny amount of time. Yeah. It's nuts. It really is just, I, I can't. All right. It's because of YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's slow down here. What the fuck is this topic about? Ben, what are we talking about? Are you going <laughs> to give us the list of bullet points to hit if you want to win golden demon or is that treasured information that you want to keep to yourself which is very reasonable first of all as someone who's never even entered golden demon right let alone won a golden demon i think that anybody taking my opinion seriously is a fool yeah. right but, yeah but what, i have done a lot of research, research. i've right. done a lot of research yeah it's kind of, it's kind of like um I'm trying to think of a, a metaphor it's like researching uh it's like researching all about like french cuisine and like trying to tell people who actually live in france like oh this is this is what i've found about french cuisine it's like <laughs> okay yeah, but you guys actually live there so right but but i guess for a lot of americans who haven't actually experienced it you know like the now we're talking about golden demon not french cuisine for a lot of <laughs> for the americans who haven't actually experienced golden demon yeah what i was saying before is i think that i i have a high level of information for someone who has not actually been to the competition okay because i've been doing deep deep research also by the way you know, really a lot of that research that came from uh, Vince, who has made multiple videos about his experiences. He's like the only, one of the only Americans who's actually gone over in the past, since 2013, to the Golden Demon. He's actually made a lot about a lot of videos about the Golden Demon, about his experiences there, about what his takeaways were from the competition. So I actually think that is like step one, is just watch Vince videos. Okay. Which is usually step one for anything. Yeah, it really is. Because he's got a video on it, whatever the yeah. step one is. <laughs> so, I mean, there you go. But uh, so, yeah, like really to, to before I say anything, just to just give credit to Vince, who's really the is really the pioneer. He's really the explorer. Yeah. The, you know, really, really setting foot on foreign lands for us to really lead the way. Yeah. Yeah. He brought he brought back some 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 medals with him, too. Did he? Yeah. He, yeah, he, got he some, won. He got some demons. Did he bring a he, did he bring his knight with a bunch of amazing freehand on it? I don't remember what he won with. I apologize. Vince. He won for I a know. squad. He did one. Oh, yeah, it was the uh, Necromunda squad. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Which we saw in person. That was the only time I yeah. ever seen it in person, I think. And it, yeah. it is amazing. Yeah. I like it a lot because it's not just a squad entry on like a plaque. It has like a whole like terrain diorama thing going on with it with like graffiti and stuff. And that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a picture of him holding his demon and he has like a timid little smirk on his face. And in the video, he's like, hey, you can't tell from this picture, but I'm actually the happiest I've ever been in my life. And <laughs> I just don't show it on my face necessarily. I was like, I believe you. Yeah. That's Vince though. <laughs> That's Dude. Vince. Dude, Vince is totally different, man. Ever since I met Vince, he's just like... I, I love him, man. He's so, he's so much fun to be with and paint with. He's a, he's a great guy. Okay, step one, watch Vince's experiences um, at Golden Demon. Watch those videos. He talks about it. That's helpful. There are things we know about Golden Demon. We can glean it from what the box arts look like. They are a fan of technical painting that is very clean and very precise. We know that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what else? Okay. You ready for the bullet points? Yeah. Now okay. that we have our Vince. Do you want to give it up? I have nothing to give up. This is just give like, up. Like, like amateur research. <laughs> okay. There's nothing to give up. All right. Like this is like amateur level research, but I, it was a lot of amateur level research. So, well, all right. So yeah, here are the bullet points. Um, I think the bullet points are <clears throat> number one, and you've got to pick, and, and, I'm, and I'm saying, just to be clear, for these bullet points, I'm saying things that, like, things you should do to help yourself rather than hurt yourself. Sure. I think you could, I think you could pick, uh, technically, you could pick an awful model from the 1980s, like, pewter model, and paint it in some amazing way, and do something crazy with it, and, like, with a Slayer Sword. Like, but that's, like, triple hard mode. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm when I everything I say is the easiest possible path to Golden Demon. Right. Not necessarily making it hard for yourself. So we're, not, you make, we're not all Albert Font or whatever his name yeah. is. Right. Uh Ayathami Alantho Torrent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, who has been painting pewter models and making them look like they're produced in twenty twenty two. That's like triple hard mode. That's like yeah. that guy can do it and like I can't and you can't. No offense. Right. You the listeners can't. You guys can't do that. No none of us can do that. Okay. So, okay, so shortest possible path to the goal. I would say pick a model that's come out within the past. I, if you really want to make it easier for yourself, something that's come out since the last Golden Demon, then has a, a model that hasn't even been entered in the Golden Demon before. Yeah, right. If you really want to make it easier, so a brand, like a new within past two years model, pick one of those. And then I would pick one that hasn't been painted by someone else so well that yours is going to look bad in comparison to people's memory of it. Sure. Right. Like there's some there's some that are so good that it's like that is like burnt into everybody's memory as like that is like the hero version of that model. Mm-hmm. It's just like you're never gonna paint it that well. I'm not gonna paint it that well. You're not gonna paint it that well. So just pick something that's not had an amazing amazing version of it done. Okay. Or if you're gonna pick one of those, at least get that's just my next point is do a little do a conversion. This is where it gets tricky. You have to do a conversion on it so that it's your own. But the conversion can't be so elaborate that it doesn't look like their model anymore yeah and you can't notice the conversion yeah. right distract it, it can't be distracting yeah it can't be distracting from the model that they sell it has to look like the model that they sold that they sell kind of just came off the page and did something slightly different or is holding slightly different but you unless you're f- super familiar with the model you wouldn't even say oh look at that conversion you just say oh look at that amazing gw model yeah yes. and then if you have Ooh. intimate knowledge of it you might be like oh that's a great conversion but the, 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 you have to put their models on a pedestal. The model has to be bigger than the conversion. That, and that's to get to the, another point. The model has to be bigger than everything. The model has to be more bigger than... When I say bigger, I mean like more visual importance. The model has to be bigger than the base. The model has to be bigger than the conversion. The model has to be bigger than the freehand. Mm. The model has to be bigger than blank. So Than has to you, be, right? The model has to be bigger than you yeah. as the artist. Am, what is am that, I wrong? What I'm is throwing that, that out what there. What does that mean? That that their model and saying wow is needs to stand above. Oh my gosh, who did that? Are the things entered anonymously? Um, I like to, so. to, the, to the judges. I think so. Okay. I mean, but they're gonna know, yeah. right? They're gonna know. Okay. Like yeah, one of these judges doesn't start looking and not know. Like in the UK, they they you know they don't pick up a David Soper model and say, oh, yeah. oh, I wonder who painted this. And that, that's a great example of a model you probably shouldn't paint unless you're gonna crush david soper's gut rot spume um in the boat with the whole nautical theme that would be a hard thing to to do better than that's a slayer's word winning piece everyone knows what it looks like you're not gonna beat it oh yeah his big weird rodicus conversion is gonna be there this year isn't it oh shit yeah 
Have you seen the pictures of that? The yeah. tank? That's yeah. going to be here? That's going to... That's going? It's got to. He's, he's going to go to America? He's never... As far as I know, he's never been to Adepticon. I don't oh. think... I don't, I think he stays in his little Sherwood Forest or whatever. Okay. So. so he'll... So that'll come to Golden Demon, but it'll come to Games Day probably. That would be my assumption. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a great bullet point. What's the next one? Right. So, okay. So, I mean, that's really... That's really like the big theme of... So you pick a new model... You choose to do a little clever conversion on it that is not in your face, but that really, if you want to do a great conversion, it should be something that actually literally improves the model as presented. I think the two examples I can think of off the top of my head are, uh, we were looking at this the other, uh, Maxine Pinaud, did I get the name right? Maxime? Maxime Pinaud. Pinaud. His troll. Yes, his troll, which is like, basically that there's, it looks, he's re- redone the positioning on it but mm-hmm. it looks basically like the actual troll that they sell just found a slightly better pose yeah. so it's not like oh, oh my god like what is that conversion it's more like oh yeah that model i know that model that's a great that's a great version of that model yeah. but he did he did a, a, an incredible amount of conversion work on it but yeah. it's all kind of seamless and just makes the model kind of like silently better did yeah. you notice the conversion i did on drazar i didn't but I'm also not familiar with that model. Okay. He has a giant flamboyant garish necklace of gems. Oh, that was, that was, you, would you sculpt that? Um, I, I had to cut it off because it's attached to his chest and then had to refill the chest and then sand it to have like a natural curve to his pecs. It was very clean. Thank you. I, I took me like a weeks to realize that that troll had anything done to it. Yeah. I was like, I did I had no idea. I knew you could tell right away. And this is, kind of goes with it that the model stands above all is that I could tell right away the beautiful sculpting work he did on the base to feel like oh Games Workshop gosh. did that base. Yeah, yeah, like the the freaking dwarf rock heads and all that stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. Everything was like just leaning into the Games Workshop design, so the the base felt like it was in the you know came out of the box with that base on it. Yeah. yeah. And that's the whole thing is like he he didn't make his own work louder than the Games Workshop part. It just looked like it, oh it's, it's it was just always there. Mm-hmm. That was always part of the kit. Yeah, and that's what I say. I I really think like that's him not as an artist standing above the piece. He's leaning into what Games Workshop would would, would have wanted that to look like. Okay. My other my other big example is something that's being worked on right now by again my 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 new twenty eight millimeter hero Richard Gray yeah. is doing a Mephiston. Uh, conversion mm-hmm. and he replaced the hand that's holding a I don't know that it's a, a pistol there's a like a blast or melt of some kind of gun plasma yeah. gun it's got sort of gun some sort of sci-fi gun mm-hmm. and he he replaced it with a hand that has like a almost like a is from another figure that has like a choke a choke pose like a choke hold like oh, a yeah. force choke yeah and so 100% super seamless in the sense that it looks first of all it's technically seamless in that it looks like it actually is belongs to that model mm-hmm. which is like that's just like that's like that's just like the the price for entry mm-hmm. to to not getting kicked out of that competition is that it doesn't look like a bad conversion but it also just looks like it looks like yeah oh maybe this is just like a version of the model they sell right yeah it's not like he comes with that hand also in the kit and yeah you can pick what you want yeah do yeah. you think that because there are so many entries i don't know how many entries there are on an average golden demon did you know that does anyone know that i do not i don't know, I don't know. I'm curious. Ignorant Americans. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I've been to a Golden Demon event. I just can't remember. I mean, I, I, the cases were big, and there were lots of minis. I think it's more than Crystal Brush. I think it's at least twice as much. Really? Um, yeah. 
And so because there are so many entries and because this particular year, there'd be a lot of entries that like the list of sins that you can commit to just get removed entirely from any kind of further analysis is, is huge, right? Mm-hmm. Like obviously any mold line, you're fucked. It doesn't matter how good you paint it. it you're done. You're done. Yeah. Any noticeable conversion, like not noticeable because, oh, it's different than the normal model. Like I see milliput that you didn't sand. You're fucked. You're gone. Yeah. Um, there are so many other things, right? Yeah. Any like any area where you notice paint shouldn't be where it's supposed to be, like you kind of were painting someone's vest and it kind of got a little bit onto the pants, you're done. You're screwed, right? Yeah. I think that What else? Um, well, I mean, I think that's that's one of the the price the 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 door the door fee mm-hmm. just to get in is this that your model is technically immaculate. Yes. And and then I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people just strategically paint single figure. It's because the smaller your model is, less yeah. area you have to mess up. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, because I think you were talking about a diorama that could be great, but now you have to worry about every single area of that potentially having something that yeah. they don't like. Three minis. Technically. Instead of, instead of one. So, it's some more to worry about. It's a lot of minis. Yeah. Maybe I'll just do dual. Because even talking about this conversation in my head, what I thought it was going to be was Drazar in the middle of a call it a hundred millimeter disc with a guy crawling for his blade who has his leg chopped off and another guy who's falling back slack with Drazar's blade like 20 mils from it with like a blood streak like he just got his throat cut and he's like falling yeah falling backward so two people he's just killed or in the process of killing and now you said this the base to my head feels way too big. Yeah, it's like 60 million you need on that. Yeah, so I th- I, th- I think it needs to be a, literally, as we said before, as small as it can be to allow for those elements to exist on it. So having the model who's leaning, leaning off of the base over into just dead space was, would be kind of a cool effect. And I could shrink that down real small, I think. We'll see. You know, Ben was talking about having done, done a bunch of research. Do you remember the research that we did? Oh. Going going into what was going to be the first Golden Demon. You remember I, who we talked to? No. I did some own, of my own research a long time ago. I made a whole Reddit post about it. Um, we and, and we talked to one Daz, Darren Latham. Oh, we did? Yeah. I know we had a chat with him, but we yeah. talked about Golden Demon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we asked him a bunch of, like, I don't want to say insider questions. We're like, the kinds of things you're looking for. Yeah. Here's what here's what you do to not put yourself behind the eight ball before you even pick up the brush kind of thing. What did he say? Um, one of the things that he really talked about was base size. Yeah. Um, and that's where we got the whole thing, uh, the whole conversation around. Don't take the piss. <laughs> oh, uh, right. Yeah. Because fuck. I, I have a piece that I've been working on and I was really kind of drilling him on the base size. Cause I'm like, okay, a single figure it's not going to be a 32, but it's not going to be massive. Like, how re- how restrictive are you? He's like, just don't take the piss. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So there's no there's no hard and fast rules, but there are it's like unwritten rules. Is the way I interpret it. Yeah. So if you like painted a Mordeheim figure and you like made the base a Mordeheim city, <laughs> right? Technically, you can do that, but like you're taking the piss. You're taking the piss. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, that, that's kind of obvious stuff. And yeah. Some more, there was some more nuanced things that, that he shared, but, um, but yeah, a lot of it was, was really similar to the stuff you, your research has proven. So we have now uh, a secondary source that is confirming much of your, 
your independent research on mm. this. It's going to be peer-reviewed here. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think uh, that's actually a good bullet point that I didn't cover, which is that the way, I, the way I would talk about it, I wouldn't say, I mean, piss, whatever. But <laughs> I wouldn't I, say that. Here's, here's, here's how I would describe it. I would say that having your, think of your base of your model. <clears throat> think of your base as a liability. Yeah. Which is, you could have a great base, you're not going to really get any extra points for it, but if they find something they don't like about the base, they're going to mark you down. Mm-hmm. So I think that you're incentivized to do a absolute, because you need, you need some kind of base, but you're incentivized, I think, to do the absolute minimum amount with the base mm-hmm. in order to not to make it as small of a liability as possible. Mm-hmm. But I actually want to throw another twist into this, yeah. which is that, I mean, all the, like the rules and restrictions and considerations I've described to me mean that you're really incentivized to do a very clean technical, but like ultimately very, very boring model. Mm. So I, I actually, I've been thinking about it because my, my thinking about this has changed dramatically in the last 18 months. I think 18 months ago I had the attitude of like, I'm just going to do something amazing. I'm going to do whatever I want. It's going to be awesome. And like, they can give me a golden demon or not. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. I'm just going to bring something awesome, which I still feel that way on partially. But then another part piece of me is like, well, I'm a fucking demon. <laughs> right. So I, I'm actually started. Th- I actually, I think that to me, there's two lanes and I think you have to know what lane you want to be in, Yeah. which is that <clears throat> the two lanes are, I'm trying to win a golden demon. So I'm just going to f- like, I'm going to play by the rules and I'm going to like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to know all these things that they're looking for. I'm going to like restrict myself like with a ba- like you may want to do this you have a great base idea it just doesn't make sense for this competition really so don't do it so either so option one is stay in, stay in your lane and try to win a demon option two is just say i want i don't care about winning the demon but i i want to bring the piece that gets like everybody talking gets the most buzz it doesn't have a chance of winning a demon but in 10 years when everybody was talking about that epic 2022 golden demon they're going to be talking more about my piece that i brought than the stupid like super clean thing that won the slayer sword that nobody can remember right i bet you have to pick your lane there's no you can't ride those two lanes there's nothing that can unless you're like pizarski or something with the tribute which i think kind of does ride those two lanes i don't think any mm. at least any of us sitting at this table have the skill to successfully pull off a piece that can ride the two lanes i think it makes the most sense to just stick to your lane so I actually, my plan is to actually have one, at least one for each of those lanes. Yeah, I like that idea. So, uh, you know, I'll bring a piece that doesn't have a chance of winning a Slayer Sword, but is like the coolest thing I can imagine. Sure. So. Is Pisarski going to bring tribute? Again. Again. <laughs> Groundhog Day. It's, it's Crystal Rush versus Golden Demon. It's a different competition. Well, he did it in a different Golden Demon, though. Oh, did he? He'd be, oh, he'd, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah he won the Slayer Sword with that. that I don't know what the year. technical rule is. They're not going to give him two two demons for the same thing, though. No, no, no. I sorry, I forgot that he had, had actually entered it in a different GD event. Yeah, I did it at Games Day that same year. Okay, okay. Never mind. Never mind. Um, what? Where do you? Where do you fall, Ben? You're talking about this, the just so far out there with the one that won the Slayer Sword, the giant corn tribute. I apologize. Was it Monstroids that did that? Oh, Do you know what I'm the thing that's about? like the, the army essentially. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that there's out. So I, yeah, okay. Because that feels like an outlier to me. When I saw that that one, I was like, that's it's amazing. I do not see that as what they would pick typically. It's 100 percent outlier. It's an outlier as far as the person who won. It's an outlier as far as the type. Because if you look at every uh, when I'm calling like the golden, I call it internally the modern era mm. of golden demon, which is basically after all the international competitions collapsed and it just became 
for a while UK only and like I guess maybe in the past few like 2018 2019 they had some additional European ones mm-hmm. but just basically 24 let's call it 2014 forward I'm calling like the modern era if you look at all the slayer swords from that era 50% of the slayer swords in that era can be attributed to three people which are David Soper uh Richard Gray and Andy Wardle, I think, mm. are the three. Seriously? Oh, no, sorry, and Angelo DiCello. Okay. Wardle got one too, but that is, those are the three that account for 50% of them. Wow. Those three guys. Um, so, so that, in terms of just like, you know, if you go back to uh, junior high, maybe you remember mean, median, and mode. Mm-hmm. That's yep. like the mode. They, they win for mode. And then if, you're, if you sort it by mode, and you're also now looking at type of figure, sort by mode, single figure huh. is the king of mode for that so anything that's not one of those three guys and is not a single figure is has some level of deviation from the standard mm-hmm. um and yeah 100 percent. so that that particular one that you're talking about is an outlier as far as both the person and the type yeah it's just yeah that and the tribute are like i think the two biggest outliers because if you're looking for one of those three guys painting a single figure there's like that's most of the slayer swords <sighs> And I wonder how many how many times an outlier has to to win or place very very high, where we we start to see a shift where people are then moving their boat in in that direction um, and away from the single figure. I don't know. That's telling the future, and that is witchcraft, and we do not uh, believe in condoning witchcraft. Untrapped under plastic, <laughs> but other things we condone. <laughs> yeah, that are equally as bad. Okay. So, so Ben, we're we're talking about this in the form of the American uh, miniature painting competitions, and, and we we haven't talked too much about. And I don't know if you had any points on this or anything that you want to discuss about miniature painting, particularly under the lens of American miniature painters, because none of the names that you have given us thus far in the in the mode or recent winners are from North America, partially because there hasn't been a Golden Demon here. Um, and Vince gave a valiant effort in carrying the flag, uh, but he didn't win the Slayer Sword, so I'm sorry, Vince. That is you failed America, Vince. Yeah, Vince, you, you're nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you 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 left Captain America and you came back as Ant Man, the weak one, the weak version of Captain America, the thin boy, <laughs> the, the thin boy. <laughs> Fall on your sword, Vince. Right. <laughs> it's the only honorable thing to do. Right. Okay, so what was the question? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> uh, I was American interested in, in Ben's thoughts in American painting as as a whole, American painters as a whole, and how is that going to affect what miniature painting competitions in America is going to look like? Because as we know, even you know, we're going back to Crystal Brush, um, we're we're kind of the minority of winners in our own soil. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the the big the the existential question for us American painters, if you will, is can we collectively win a single golden demon in twenty twenty two? A single one. I am willing. Like a gold or or, or a copper, a copper. <laughs> I don't know what the bronze. Any bronze. Any. any any. I am willing to bet. Absolutely yes. Wow. How sure should we put just a single okay. bronze? But like, let's okay. Sure, you say okay. Fine. Sure, but. Uh, what okay what percentage of let let's say let's let's create a scenario let's say hypothetically there's no 
tra- everybody everybody who wants to show show up is showing up. There's no travel weirdness. Yeah, yeah, Every, yeah, everybody's yeah. coming. It's just it is a. I think I described it. We were talking about yesterday. It's um, it's hot girl summer. Everybody's out. <laughs> everybody's flaunting. Yeah. This is miniature painting hot girl summer. Everybody. It's, it's a scene. Everybody's there. Everybody's bringing their A game. Everybody's been working out for two years and is, wants to show the fuck off. Yeah. Everybody's there. What percentage of golden demons do you think are won by Americans? So let's let's think about this now. There are how many categories? There's single fantasy, single sci-fi. There's dual, diorama, monster, or monster vehicle, monster and vehicle. It's got to be both. Or I think they're sep- I think they're together now. When okay. I was looking at it going into 2020, whatever first one that got so it's five. There's, I think, there's open. <clears throat> call it, call it seven. Let me call it seven categories. Seven, seven until you get into like weird ones that don't really count, like Lord of the Rings. Like Lord of the Ring. I mean, maybe it counts for someone, but whatever. Counts for Golden Demon. Yeah, it's. True. We're not talking about that. That's not a real. That's, <laughs> that's not a real, not a real category. Real hey, if you want to win one as an American, start painting some. Yeah, that's actually that's, that's actually the best. Great, that's great advice. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually really good advice. Yeah. Um, if you want to technically walk away, yes, start now on your Lord of the Rings figure. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah I, that does actually work. Yeah. Um. So call it twenty-one to twenty-four golden demons, and a slayer sword. Yeah. Okay. What percent? I'm gonna say we're gonna see it's either two or three bronzes, one silver, one gold, something like that. So five total. Yeah. yeah. We we don't have to call the. You think five of the? Let's say let's just let's say it's twenty-four just for standardizing our numbers. There's twenty-four total. You're saying there's five won by Americans. Yeah. So. Approximately one fifth. I'm going to take the under on that and say it's four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was, I was going to guess was four. Um, okay. Sure. Yeah. So uh, this is this like Price is Right it, it, closest without going over? No. Okay. Just sure. closest. Okay. So you said five. Yeah. You said four. You can um, take the under with me. Okay. Okay. I. No, I just want to I want to look back at this and say that John is the optimist and America is going to win 7. Okay. Because there's no way that's going to happen and I would love to be right though. I'd yeah. love to be right. This is really depressing. Kind of a little bit, yeah. Th- but this is this is the good time for us to have this conversation. Yeah. Because Fire us we, up. But I, but I I have, I have a tip for you. Okay. The future's not set in stone. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. We have the benefit of time. Right. Yeah. We can forge our own. Uh, you forge your own destiny. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's what it was destiny. <laughs> I can't tell if you're being Arnold or you're being the guy from, uh, um, the room. Um, oh, it's Tommy? just bad. It's bad Arnold. It's bad Arnold. Bad Arnold. It sounds kind of a lot like Tommy Wiseau from yeah. the from the room. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> Uh, so go with that. That's a good. All like, right. If Tommy Wiseau and Arnold Schwarzenegger had a m- mad bu- love baby, yeah, that is the mad, perfect bad English. You can do the voiceover for that animated yeah. short. Yeah. All right. So if you're an American painter and you want to rep the red, white, and blue, yeah, bring your A game. Live free or die hard. Yeah. Bring or if you're Australian and you're coming, we can teach you an American accent. Yeah. And and Why know, Australians because. I like them. So, yeah, me too. Because Australians are always chill and super cool people. You don't like British people? I mean, I like some of them. Yeah. But, like, it feels like all the cool British people, they were, like, made them leave for Australia. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. No. no, there's a lot of awesome British people, too. But I just think I know, I know. I'm there's, there's a lot of great Australian painters, too. So There are. That we don't talk about. Them. I wonder if we're going to see any Aussie painters at Golden Demon. That would be a trip. 
Yeah. But that's just it. If if the travel allows, people are going to be so stir crazy. I mean, stuck in their houses and not being together with other people. If they, you know, they've been painting and they, this is their opportunity to go to the biggest thing. They're going to be. Deno? They're going to be there. Some Trent Denison. Oh dear, Deno, you better come. <laughs> I want to drink with Deno. Or our, that's mostly yeah, why. <laughs> or our other favorite Australian painter, who, who paints has painted several Space Marines, has a very stiply dotty texture. His name is. You talking about uh, David Caldwell? Yes, David Caldwell. He's Australian. Yes. I thought he was British. Meg Maples lives in Australia, but is not Australian. No, I, David is Australian. Yeah. Um, if Dave Colwell comes and brings his A-game, I think he we, we are going to adopt him because yeah. he's going to get us some some bling. Yeah. Mark I, my words. Yeah, he can be part of Team America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. We, we, we adopted David. We adopted. <laughs> David, the paperwork's in the mail. You just got to sign it. <laughs> sign away your nationality. <laughs> well, no, just the adoption records. That's all we need. You can be my stepson. Okay. I, would, oh. I would love to see us not get embarrassed as Americans in I, 2022. What does that mean, though? What does not getting embarrassed look like? I don't know. Like winning half. You said you said four. Yeah. No, like, five. I said five. You said oh, yeah. Four. I said four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think I think not. Embar- I mean, even seven would be embarrassing. It's like on our turf. Half. We should win half okay. at least. Okay. Yeah. We should win half plus one. Whatever the actual number ends up being, half plus one would be not embarrassing. You inspired me to take this more seriously. Like there's something at stake here to lose, not just like winning my own individual award, but for representing the right. United States. Okay, I, I'm 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 going to say it. This is my call to action. You ready? And I'm okay. going to say it in a very, yeah, pointing at I'm pointing at the camera for you listeners. I'm going to say it in a very trapped under plastic kind of way. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to use all of your tropes. You ready? Yes. Uh, I'm so excited for what our tropes are. Okay. <laughs> hey, goody peepees. <laughs> uh, put down your tendies. Put them down. Put down your tendies. Clean off your greasy American fingers yes. and pick up your brushes and get painting because we're going to get fucking embarrassed <laughs> unless you do something about it. I can't do it alone. Scott, John can't do it alone. We need you. We need you. I'm pointing at the camera for you listeners like the poster with the Uncle Sam. Yes. <laughs> we need you to not be embarrassed. Okay. That's that, my call to action. That was beautiful. Thank That's you. good. That's good. I, I feel like all across the nation at this very moment, there are people that are like slowly putting down their tendies <laughs> in Mid unison. Bite. Yeah. There's like, there's like an echo of a earthquake that, that shudders across our nation as all the tendies go. Doof. Yeah. But I'm going to yeah. live in silence. And then everyone just gets up and starts singing a song and then we do a dance. Right. It's it's just like the Olympics. I mean, it's not just like the Olympics. It's a lot. There's a lot more BO, but it's a like the Olympics. <laughs> Are you sure? In more the, BO than the Olympics? Like we had the Salt was it the Salt Lake City Olympics, Winter Olympics here. There was more pressure than when it was like the Greece Olympics or the Sochi Olympics or whatever mm. for our country to do better. It's on our home soil. You know, we are representing for the world. We are being welcoming. Like yes. we're we're not angry where i'm happy that people from all over the country would come to this weird little suburb in illinois i'm a little yeah, right angry. i'm a little angry to do this weird niche nerdy thing and create amazing art i i'm amazed that that's a real thing yeah. and the I'm renaissance glad- schaumburg yeah the, the <laughs> schaumburg i'm glad that that's a thing however while they're here we need to make them feel a little bit like i, I don't know if i'm gonna do well yeah I'm just, I'm surrounded by all these big, muscly Americans. Yeah. yeah. 
And by muscles, I mean awesome miniatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not actual muscles. Right. There's a couple that have actual muscles. Yes. Andy Wardle's pretty yoked. He's not American. Though. I could take him. <laughs> Sam's uh, pretty yoked. Land, land, uh, land lifts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, lifts. Lift, you lift, bro. Okay. So you also should lift before. Yeah, because we want to yeah. be physically intimidating, too. Right? Yeah. And we can be physically intimidating in numbers. If our, if the goody peepees are good for one thing, you got conceal and carry. Bring that fucking gun. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not go that far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's show what America's all about. Right. America is about a a a crowd that you're nervous to be around, and Absolutely. we can be that goody oh, peepees, yeah. right? Yeah, we can be a mob. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get that tension up all the way. <laughs> get that tension at eleven. Right. So the 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 goody peepee nation will stand around the judges as they're as they're deciding on who will get first, second, and third. Just, just breathing down there. Just a little, know. just a little bit of, of a push in the right direction in their decision making. That's yeah. all. That's all we're here for. We just created the mob essentially. Okay. Is there anything else to discuss about the competitive, the impending Golden Neiman event and the American competitive scene, the competitive scene at large? Anything else anyone wants to say? No, I think I think we 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 covered how to not mess it up. Yeah. How to stay in your lane. Yeah. And we did the call to action. Like, if the revolution didn't start right here, it's just not going to happen. Okay. I agree. This is this this is the tipping point, right? You should all watch Les Mis tonight. <laughs> You're done watching Training Day. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch Training Day. This, this is our Viva la Revolution, right? Yeah. But don't watch the end of the movie because the revolution fails. But, <laughs> <laughs> like they always do in France. Right. Um, but this this is our tipping point. This is the point where we can put our flag in the ground and say, notice us. We're not here to like, well, we want to steamroll and, you know, dunk on every other country. We want to say, well, we want respect. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Is that, yeah. A, is, that what, is that what this is all about in one word? Is this about respect? <sighs> I think it's about respect. And I think it's also just about like, I, I think that, I think that every American has it in them. Every American miniature painter has it in them to win a golden demon. It's like, it's, I think it's a, it's like, I think it's, I think that's really, that's the message. If you or, want to do that. If you, yeah, yeah. If you want to. Yeah. I'm not if, saying you, if that's not you. Yeah. We got all sorts of goody peepees out there. But if, if you're like inkling, join us. Mm. Join us. You are welcomed. I hate to be that person, but I feel like I don't really care that much. He, you just said he, he made you care like five minutes ago. I know. Okay. But when, I, he's, when I, he I gets on his plane to California, you're going to be like, Oh, I don't fucking care anymore. Well, hear me out. Let me answer me this question, Ben. Yeah. You have all these lovely rules that are a lot of great advice if one is looking to be successful at Golden Demon. Do you think people that win actually think about these things? Oh. Or do you think they just fucking, that's what they paint all the time and they just roll in and own? They're not really thinking about it. They are thinking very, very deeply about how to win. Really? Yes. Okay. See, to me, it's like, to me, what this looks like to make a Dota analogy. Oh, Lordy. People who are good at Dota are just are just good at Dota naturally. I guess they don't have to think much about it. And then you have people who are me, like me, who are shit and are like analyzing the shit out of it and like, you know, taking notes and trying to figure out what's going on inside the mind of someone who's dominating. And it's like, they don't think about it. They just do it, right? So this feels like a situation where we're, where we're trying to like overanalyze something and really what we just need to do is be better. And obviously it's not black and white. That could be partially true and partially false. What do you think about that? Okay, here's what I would say. I think that I'm not saying everybody's thinking about it. We we're talking about who wins, uh, who wins the mode race, right? Right. In terms of mean, median mode, all the mode guy, all the mode guys, 
that those three guys are 100% thinking about it. Okay. I don't think your outlier guys are necessarily thinking about it. Okay. But I also think those outlier guys... Your Powells and yeah. Monstroys. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... I, I don't... I, I think those guys are very, very rare. And I think that the, the path for most people to winning a Golden Demon is going to be to, again, stay in your lane, play by the rules, and just do something really good within the context of the rules and not try to... And I, I'm saying this, and it sounds like I'm trying to... I'm, I, I'm not saying that amazing piece that you are thinking of for the Golden Demon, like, that's super creative, um, and that I just, like, kind of broke your heart with all these things that I'm saying matter... I'm not saying don't do that piece. I'm saying do that piece, but then also do something that will actually win so that we don't get embarrassed. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just right. do twice as much as you want. Yeah, to I'm do. not saying you should start painting like with all these restrictions because that's the only thing that you can do to win a golden demon. You should absolutely paint what inspires you, but also just please win some golden demons. Please. Please. So you can do both. You can do both. You can do... Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a great part, uh, a great point. And in your selection process of deciding what you want to paint is you still need to start with what excites you most. And that may be three things. And then you kind of look at the brackets that we've outlined here. What of those three or five or whatever most excite me and best line up with these slots to go down the old Plinko board. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and, uh, and get you the golden demon that's at the bottom in the center. Okay. Yeah. I think some people definitely are going to have a Venn diagram overlap of something that they are both like, that is their ultimate idea for a project. And something that could win a demon. Some people exist in that sweet spot in the Venn diagram. Like I, I like, don't exist in that sweet spot. I feel like I want to exist there with yeah. the Drazar thing that I'm doing. Yeah, that does. You that could does exist fall there. in. Okay. Like my, I'll tell you my my super cool dream project that I'm I've actually already partially completed that does not exist in that Venn diagram was I said I want to do the coolest games workshop diorama I can think of, which is the Emperor, uh, uh, the like the in the 40k universe, the Emperor on his throne in like the with like there you know there's a john blanche art of like all these like wires and shit going into him yeah i made a diorama of that which is really fucking cool yeah i think old and crusty emperor like with skeleton yeah yeah yeah. okay nice and it's got like this huge base with all these like wires and stuff and it's like basically 100 percent original sculpt other than like random bits from their kits like uh like little uh purity seals Yes, purity. See, like I got some of those from are from the kits, and like little bits like that from the kits. But it's like let's say ninety percent original sculpt. Wow! And so that is like my super cool like uh, aspirational diorama. That's never going to win a gold demon because it doesn't put one of their models on display. It violates like the main rule that I just said before. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it it also is insane fan service. Yeah, like John Blanche is almost like a god in like GW's world, and to recreate that in miniature form is like such an insane amount of fan service that i think it would it would make waves yeah you know it, that's my point it'll make waves in the sense that people will talk about it it might be in te- if i do a really good job on it it might be in 10 years the main thing that people remember mm-hmm. i'm just saying it's not gonna win a golden demon oh it will it will, it will win a golden demon it won't win a slayer sword no no it won't win a golden demon it will it won't do it paint okay. it better do it you want ben paint it better yeah we'll, we'll see what happens it's not gonna win a golden demon i just i i understand enough about the competition to understand that it has zero it's not like 0.1 not 0.01 but a hard 0.0 chance of winning golden demon but i'm gonna finish it and i'm gonna bring it because it's really fucking cool but then i'm also gonna actually try to win a golden demon with a totally different piece so a, a real question, quick question on this is so there are there's rules layouts of what you can enter 
in the competition. Would this qualify because it's not using majority? They have some wording in there. The yeah, majority. to be scratch build categories. Oh, that, that's probably open. So it'd it'd probably fall under it open. definitely 100% qualifies for open. No question about it. Okay. It may qualify for diorama. Mm. It doesn't matter though, because it's not going to win either either <laughs> category. I don't really care what category. It definitely qualifies for a minimum of one category. I don't care what category it goes in because it's not going to win. But I am going to bring it if I can finish it. Okay. That's awesome. oh, it's like, did you use like armor bits from different ones of their like Space Marine kits, like custodies. Or custodies kits, and that kind of stuff to like for shoulder pads or torso? No, I or just anything? totally scratch built. Oh, yeah. Hold on, is this done? Yeah. I mean, what's I haven't painted it. I I I I did I did the sculpt. I printed it. I should actually reprint it because I printed it on my Photon, mm-hmm. which is a, a now at the time I printed it was a newer printer and is now an older printer. I should probably reprint it in my higher resolution printer. So that's that's the thing. I could I could dig into it and resculpt some areas, probably make them better. But I have a version of it that's printed, that's ready to paint. Okay, I want to see it. It's on, I've here here's here's a little plug for myself. I have pictures whip whip pictures on my Instagram. Oh yeah. I really? follow your blog, but I don't. Do I not follow you on Instagram? You should get on my Instagram, bro. What, what is, is it? Is, all it is it metal underscore af? I think it's metal dot af dot miniatures. Let me okay. double check to okay. see if okay. I know what my own Instagram is. Probably not. Metal. I got it. You're right. You're right. Okay. Oh, I follow you. I follow you. What the fuck? I don't see. Metal. Dot you know, scroll down. Scroll down. Because I I stopped working on it a while ago because I was super bummed. Oh, here's a picture from um, I posted a picture a whip picture 9th of September 2020. Um. It's a 3D picture. Oh, this? Yeah. It got it got better after that. That was like this, my whip, this, though. Honestly, this looks good. Is this part of the... the di- yeah, that's that's his wires. That's that's freaking crazy. This is going to suck for audio listeners. We're looking at just pictures on my Instagram. There's pictures of wires all coming together towards they'll, the center of a circle. They'll be linked in the show notes as well, if you want to check it out. And yeah. so is, obviously, Ben's God, Instagram. Check out those show notes, guys. <laughs> I know, dude. The show notes. You want to click so hard right now. Um. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, I think it's a cool piece. I do too. Um, but yeah, you know, there's no there's no original other than like a purity symbol, which isn't you know you're not gonna have any original GW stuff in there. They can't sell a model with this. You know, they can, this isn't gonna make them money. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Awesome. I let's put, let's put a stamp in this. I don't know. Put a stamp on this. Put, put a put, put a bow on it. Put a bow on it. End it. What? Let's stomp this right in the Let's, face. Okay. Let's curb stomp this. Curb. Well, you just mm. went, uh, went all out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Disclaimer on this show. Let's right. murder this topic. Um, yeah. Let's talk about news. Thank you. I'm just helping you out here, brother. Okay. Talk about this Warhammer streaming service thing. What I thought the this was a meme. Fuck. It is not a meme. Okay. There's a thing called Warhammer Plus, which is a streaming service. That is going to have a lot of animated uh, content about 40K and H Sigmar on it. So a long time ago, they mentioned that they were going to start investing more in studios that work on these really cool animated uh, shorts. Like uh, the ones, the biggest one that I can think of is the Space Marine one, the five-parter. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I don't understand how they're going to have enough content to legitimize an entire channel or like a platform for this thing. With a, with a monthly charge, assuming. Yeah, yeah it's a monthly charge. Um, or just yeah. not, or just like they'll have stuff, but it's so much of it's going to be <laughs> garbage. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Quality wise, I'm not talking about content. I'm just, uh, 11 titles are announced so far. A standout's being Astartes 2, 
Author of Wrath, Interrogator, and Black Talent. I have no idea what any of those are uh, other than the first one. So I think one of the big things to glean from this is this means that they're putting Astartes 2 behind a paywall. Yes. <laughs> Which that's kind of the antithesis of what the, the whole purpose of Astartes was. Yeah. It was free fan-made original art. Which is know. a bummer, but they're, they're all about monetizing. So are you paying for it? God, no. Or are you paying for it? Here's my hot take. You ready? Yeah. I hadn't heard of this, but I think it that's a huge mistake for them to create that content and put it behind a paywall because that's the kind of content that should be driving the thing that if they're, if they're going to continue to make money, the thing that they're going to have to sell is miniatures. And that's the kind of thing that could drive people to buy more miniatures. That aren't painters in the first place. Yeah. yeah I mean, any anybody. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, I think you have like a bunch of different threads of people like who buys GW miniatures. You know, you have, you have gamers. You have painter, and sometimes these can overlap. You have gamers, you have painters, and then apparently there's people who are into lore now who read like the books and stuff. I guess. I guess, guess. it's a big the thing. black library. Vince opened my eyes to uh, this is was a crazy rabbit hole to go down, and I'm sure most of our goody peepees understand this. There are YouTube channels where they just talk about the lore. Yeah, dude, and get like a quarter million views in a month on yeah. videos. Yeah. I'm like, what? Are you so basically like you're like tldr like you didn't have to read any of these books i'll do it for you and i'll tell you the story yes that's a thing and then they go one step they jump the shark and they like what if this and this and this guy did this in the 40k universe and people are like i want to watch this you're just making shit up i mean what if it's i mean that's kind of what it's all is right we're all making shit up I know, but it's like not even canon. So it's like, at what point does your brain go like, did that actually happen? Or is it just like Joe Schmo 27 on YouTube put a video about about it? And they're just like a flat picture and a dude talking. And they switch the picture every seven minutes. Like, oh my God, I'm sure. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm sorry. Here's my my hot take that's going to offend people. (laughs) I know just enough information about this to have a really obnoxious hot take, (laughs) which is because I actually have watched those videos because actually part of the golden my golden demon process is when I'm painting a model, I want to watch those videos to make sure I don't mess up any lore stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I just know just enough to have a hot opinion that all of that Warhammer lore is just a complete and total mess. It is. Yeah. It's such a mess. Uh, I know that for a fact in the vampire world, it is, uh, there is no one who is looking at it from a high level directing the flow it's like everyone's making like snap decisions at the moment that they're in without thinking about the future that's what it feels like because the warm the vampire lore is so fucked it's so messed up yeah because the best way to get into a fictional universe is to understand like the macro like a great example would be star wars you watch star wars for 30 minutes you've got the macro there's like the empire the bad yeah. guys mm-hmm. you get the rebels the good mm-hmm. guys top like immediately just you have a very clean concept and then you know as you go deeper into like the empire you can like you know learn about like like the lore like you know the sith and you know dark jedi and all that but it's all you 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 go you big picture down to like granular and Mm -hmm. it naturalistically draws you into that world whereas i feel like when i'm watching those warhammer videos i get no big picture all Mm -hmm. i get is like little granular details and i can't make any like macro sense of it yeah yeah yeah, that's that's the struggle I've had since the beginning of trying to figure out this game, what it all meant is I can't I can't put any individual puzzle piece onto the into the place. I don't know if it's an edge piece or it's a centerpiece. I don't know what it, the, the picture is all a giant blur. None of it makes any sense because I can't tie it to the greater overall structure. Even generally, you don't need to be able to tell me 
all the, the the fine details. Just let me know where it lives. And then all those little individual puzzle pieces, they don't actually connect to each other very much. Like they're like that. This piece is actually technically on the timeline um, is same as this one, but they don't, they don't cross pollinate at all. Now they could be happening at the exact same time in the exact same universe. And you would never know that they existed at the same time. It's just like, wait, shouldn't things be interesting threads that weave together? And that's when you have 700 authors doing things. You expect all of them to read everybody's other book and notice all the details and all that. They just are like, ah, screw it. We're, yeah. They're in a culture of writing for this stuff that that does that's not a factor. So they just eh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, we could kind of shit on Warhammer lore for a long time. We don't need to. That could be another podcast. <laughs> I feel like we've definitely done it. We do it most podcasts, really. I think. Yeah, but um, um, okay. Aside from Warhammer lore, we have some other exciting news coming from the minds of Vince Venturella and Adam. Rain in hell. Loper. Adam Loper, a.k.a. Uncle Adam. A.k.a. Tabletop Minions. Tabletop Minions. Made a game. They made a game called Rain in Hell Demonic Skirmish Combat. (sighs) Yes. So this is a miniatures agnostic tabletop game. You guys know what miniatures agnostic means? No, John. Tell me what it means. What does it mean, John? It means you can use whatever (laughs) GD miniatures you want. Whatever you own, whatever you want to paint, whatever you want to print, and you can play them in this game. You, There's your, a, you Legos. You can use your Legos. Yeah, you can. <laughs> that's a great idea. I want to make the. I'm going to make the Lego Warband. I'm going to paint my Lego minifigs. Is that's that's actually what they're called? Legos are called minifigs. I've always wanted to paint a Lego, but like anatomically correct color, and like you know, I think that's it would look weird. really creepy. You know, like paint abs on them. Yeah. Oh God. And like cheeks, and like a chin, and like a nose. Just be weird. Anyways, rain and how, <laughs> right? It's not about Legos. Uh, it is about uh, the story. The, the The basic story is is that hell is in utter chaos, even more than usual. I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's pretty normal. All form of structure in hell has crumbled. All form of society in hell has crumbled, and hell is on the brink of ceasing to exist. And so, these different uh, structures or cults in hell of demons are all vying for power. And so you run one of these one of these cults. I don't know if cult is the right word. I'm sorry, Vince and Adam, if that's not the right terminology you used. Um, that they all have their own purpose. The vision that they see hell being, that is the ideal version. And all of their visions are drastically different than, in, than each other. So you build your warband. You can take through a pretty in-depth and amazing looking campaign system. Or you can play it as a one-off game. So it's a skirmish game. Um, when I played it, and I have played this game, um, it was like 30 minutes to play a game. It was like high, high pace, fast action, murdering, crazy abilities going off. Um, the, the actual structure of the game, the rule system, is this nice balance of elegant yet strategy where you can pick it up. Vince taught me the rules and we were playing in five minutes. And once we started playing, I'm like, oh, there's more depth here. Oh, I could be doing this. Oh, I can combo this ability with this ability. And it was it was a ton of fun. So just came out. We'll have a link in the, the video description uh, to check out Rain in Hell. And you can get it. I believe it's 10 bucks for the PDF version of the rules, 15 bucks for the actual physical copy plus a PDF. A steal. It is a steal of a deal. And they said they, they wanted this accessible to whoever wants to play it. So it's... Right. 
I mean, honestly, a game made by these two individuals, such enthusiasts about yeah. the hobby of miniature painting, like... And how many games they have played over the years? I know! Like, it's, it, I, I haven't played it. I wasn't playing it because I did not finish painting my miniature in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to keep painting while they were playing this fun game at Vince's house. Um, but I just gotta believe that from the minds of those two individuals with that much experience and that much love and enthusiasm that this product can't be anything short of amazing yeah like a, a very tight and wonderful rule set um I, i'm not gonna lie when we were we we're sam vince and i when you were slaving away at your painting we were all done yeah um we were like well you want to play vince is like you want to play you want to play another game in sigma you want to play another rain and hell i'm like i don't play rain and hell again i wanted to play that more it's it was it was fun um and then we played a devil's three-way it's not actually called devil's three-way in the book but that's what i told vince he needs to call it when it's a 1v1v1 game because it just it makes sense right yeah i will say that i wish he had produced miniatures for this i know it's a a miniature agnostic game that doesn't mean you can't frost grave not frost grave sorry uh that doesn't mean you can't fuck what's the other miniature agnostic game that works with the d20 frost i think it is frost grave isn't frost Frost grave is the the one that they they eventually frost haven and gloomhaven yeah frost grave is the one that started off as as miniature agnostic they didn't make their own miniatures eventually they did come out with their own line because the game was doing so well that's such a a fun part of miniature games is the 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 different creativities that come in from the people who make the games so i would love to see what vince thinks uh an earthbound demon or whatever looks like in this world like i want to see that um but you know I guess this is a good starting place. Then you can make miles afterwards. Yeah, if you wanted to. So you guys, you guys actually, I guess, played this game. I did. I, he did. You did. Okay. I, I just found out about this five minutes ago, so I can give you a totally different perspective. <laughs> yeah. Yes. My here's my perspective. First of all, this book's fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, just flipping through it, you can 100 percent tell like this is made by fucking nerd. Like <laughs> the, the yes, yes. Like this is why. Well, how can I tell? Yeah. You can just see the love on the pages, dude. Okay. Like, you can just see the love for, like, the little system that he made. Yeah. I want to know where he got the art. Like, how did he license all the art to go on the book? Did he have all these things drawn up? I like, looked at the. It's in, like, the front cover. It, it references that. Oh, cool. Okay. So, yeah. You also see uh, my name in there in the front cover as well. Oh, you a playtester? Yeah, I'm a playtester, bitch. Very nice. You can just, I guess, to me, I can just, I can tell that this was made by someone who has, like, a love for games and was just really wanted to create yeah create this like kind of open rule set like the i think again this is my five minute yeah five minute hot take having not played i can tell that this fills a void of it's almost like okay um oh my god what is that what is the what is the 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 link what is the language that the international language esperanto esperanto i think that this is like the esperanto of gaming Esperanto, except if Esperanto was successful, it wasn't. Do you know what Esperanto is? Am no. I just talking? Okay. Nope. Okay. Oh, God. How do, how, where do we even start? Es- Esperanto, I think roughly 100 or 150 years ago, we had a problem of not really having... French was kind of like the international language, but there was like everybody wanted their language to be the international language. Right. So an, an inter- a, a, a non-organically developed international language called Esperanto was developed so that people would all have Esperanto as their second language. It was a real, like, utopia kind of concept. Uh-huh. Sure, sure, sure. So it didn't really get off the ground. There are, there are thousands of people that speak Esperanto today, but it didn't really get off wow. the ground. But I'm, I'm pitching Rain and Hell as Esperanto, the Esperanto of miniature gaming, in the sense that this could be a game 
that I guess is pretty easy to pick up, a yeah. skirmish game that everybody knows how to play and everybody will be able to play because it doesn't matter what type of miniatures, what language you're naturally bringing to the table, everybody yes. can meet in, in Esperanto in Rain and Hell and like it, you could see a gamer and you'd have to be like, hey man, what game should we play? Like, do you play 40K? Do you play like Frost, Pain, Gloom, whatever? No, it's like, no, everybody knows how to play Rain and Hell. Everybody knows how to play because it's yeah. so easy and it's so fun. This is the Esperanto, if Esperanto is successful, of miniature gaming. Is that convoluted? No. No. It's I a bold it claim, though, because I think you have to unseat, like, 40K. I think that's what 40K is. Yeah. But the, the level of commitment to get into this is is, is what stops games like you right. know, Sigmar and 40K. Absolutely, yeah. It's not only the money, but then the sheer number of figures. So the average warband in here is about seven models. Yeah. Yes. And, I'm saying, and I'm saying that specifically because I, you, I, I'm, again... I'm, this is a very uninformed opinion. This is five minutes of information being condensed <laughs> down into a huge, bold claim. But I can tell from how small and tight the book is, and I can tell from how you said, oh, it took me five minutes to pick up, and I can tell from how much of a freaking nerd Vince is yeah. that this is just a game that people could just easily pick up and play with the miniatures that they have and that everybody could theoretically know how to play. Yeah, hate figures could work for this. It'd be amazing. Yeah. And it's a system that if you've played any other kind of miniature war game, you will immediately recognize how they have cherry-picked the things that they like best about different systems. Yeah, that's those are those are some uh, creature caster creature caster models. I think there's there are other ones in there too. So we're going to be at Adepticon 2022. And, oh fuck yeah! And 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 Vince is kind of stomp up to me angrily and fucking punch me in the face and be like, "I can't believe you fucking called my game the Esperanto." <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you were going to say we were going to play it. Oh no, we're 100 going to play it. Yeah, <laughs> I, maybe after he punches me in the face for calling his game Esperanto as a compliment, but maybe he didn't take it that way. After he punches me in the face and like. Hands hands me his uh, apron and says wipe 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 yourself up. <laughs> Maybe after that we can sit down and play the game. Okay, but so that's it. That is that is our hot take of the news. A brand new game as of the recording of this video. This game was just launched today. By the time you are watching, it'll been out for a little while, but it will be the new hotness. So if you want to learn more about it, I believe it's just rainandhell.com, But we'll put the the link uh, to the website that talks through it. Also, Uncle Adam has uh, at least one, probably at this point, more than one, videos of how to play. So you can actually see it if it is something that interests you. You're going to make a video about it at some point. I'm going to make a video about it at some point. If I know me, I'll probably get it done in about a year from now. <laughs> that's just how I roll. <laughs> um, but yeah, this book is awesome. This game is awesome. These people are awesome. It's got to be good. Right. I don't make videos, but if I did, I'd make a video about it too. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, yeah. <laughs> Got some stickers on here from them. They sent me some snarling Badger Studio stickers in the Rain and Hell one. Yes, yeah, that's the name of their new uh, company. Snarl I have a problem with that. Yeah, snarling I don't like Badger. I don't like that name. Snarling you should, Badgers. You guys should change it. I like something, snarling Badgers. Something cool like. Hmm, this is hard on the spot. Wicked Pixies. Yes, Wicked Pixies. Yeah, that's that's a pretty badass name. No, it's not. Somebody okay. write that down. Third item on the news list for today is just a single word. And that single word is Dominion. Dominion. Have you guys heard about Dominion? Yes, sir. With a card game? <laughs> nope. No. Uh, Dominion. It's a card game, though. It's a it fucking is. great card game. It's yeah. a good card game. But we're it's way better. It's probably way better than this. <laughs> Dominion was announced to be Age of Sigmar 3.0's big box. Yes. It's the name of their box. Like Indomitus was for 40K. This is their big box. Oh, is this limited edition? I don't know. I, I didn't even look into that yet. What is this? How does this apply to us? One, tomorrow, this is already going to be in the past for you guys. Tomorrow, they're doing like a big reveal thing on 
uh, Warhammer's site where they're going to go through the box. I think open the box and nice. show all the models and stuff. Because we nice. still don't know with 100% certainty who the Sigmarines are fighting in this. Obviously, it's going to be Carnothi, the new Wood Elf released race in Vampires, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's some form of, of destruction, orcs, goblins, or some form. Lame! Yeah. I don't care. I just want to see sweet models. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and, like, the angel... Um, what are, I, why can I... Stormcast Eternals. The angel Stormcast Eternals that you've seen so far are pretty awesome. Yeah. I Okay, the one with the wings is, is cool. The thin boy... I love that. They look fucking dumb. They, they look, look awesome. So, okay, yeah. I, I disagree very hard. The the ch- stupid, chunky Stormcast Eternals, I do not like at all. <laughs> I, they kind of look like that. Because, like, they look it's like, like they have the same posture as a chunky Stormcast Eternal, but minus all the chunk. Instead of, so, so instead of pulling in the arms and pulling in the legs, it's like, it's like I, I really hate it. Um, but that for angel you, model is for sick. you listeners. Scott made a, a very stiff pose, a very stiff skeletal pose. I'm trying to help our out. listeners. I never watched this video, so like you yeah. are helping a lot with that. And I've been noticing throughout this time that yeah. there's so much that we don't explain. Uh, yeah, there. Yeah, from our visuals, I listen to double speed. <laughs> okay, yeah, and I don't watch it. Okay, so, you can't you can't watch it because you're operating. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you need to, yeah. audio description. Have you right. seen these Stormcast Eternal models, Ben? Um, so I think I may. I, I I wasn't. I think that I've seen them, but I weren't. I wasn't tracking that. The reason I saw them was because they're part of this new mm-hmm. Age of Sigmar. I'm going to go to this Instagram that I follow. That's like this guy who only posts new models. <laughs> Just all he does is post the pictures. And I love that's it. actually a kind of thing I need on my feed. Although Warhammer community just typically. <sighs> that's what I'm on. Right now, um, I'm trying to find it for Ben so Ben can tell me that I am right and that John is wrong. I'm not talking about the pose. I'm talking about the actual. Nope, you're wrong. I'm talking about the actual makeup of their body type. They look like badass gladiators from ancient Greece. Uh, they don't maybe. look like big chonky people that are six foot one and four hundred pounds. Like they're just brick shit house. Like they're not they're much more anatomically correct to a real human and i like that maybe i there is no way i'm gonna find this they post like daily on this website we'll, we'll find it later the reason why the reason why i even brought this up was because we had been on today and i knew we were going to get into or i thought we were going to get into some talk about competitive miniature painting and miniature choices mm-hmm. um which we did thank you ben for reading my mind on that and this is going to be a big hotness just like Indomitus was. When Indomitus hit, the amount of models that people were painting and showing on Instagram or making videos of, whatever, was like at an all-time high. That's going to happen again here. Yeah. However, we're going to be close enough after the launch of this in the summer to Golden Demon. And do we look through the lens of com- <coughs> competitive nature of these models in that respect? I'm kind of excited from that thematic viewpoint of it. So. I mean, I think I think anything that's like new is right. pretty fair game, right? But I also think that like definitely, I mean, GW makes enough miniatures. Oh, I could just end the sentence there. <laughs> but GW makes enough miniatures that, that I mean, there's there's whole broad categories of miniatures that they make that I would never paint. Yeah. Like so, like all that Stormcast shit, I'm not into it. But you're like, really good at painting metallics with light sources so they're all metal armor you could you could probably paint one amazing i am yeah, you painted slambo which is basically stormcast eternal no 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 slambo's fucking metal <laughs> like that's my my okay. i need it needs to be metal stormcast eternals are not metal they're they're like you know 
they're you good. Paint them as such, though. Uh, uh, you just uh, put a different head on. Yeah, there. but then they wouldn't win a golden demon because they're not. But true with the they're lore. Not. You got to stick with the lore. The lore is. I. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't understand the lore, but I know the lore is that they're. You know, very precious. Precious good boys. Yeah, um, they're like souls resurrected from old fancy boy souls, and that's it. And then one day they decided, oh no, we're going to have them have helmets off, and they're actually real people in there. I never understood that, but yeah. okay. The narrative, yeah, of them being reconstructed souls of dead people and them getting crazier and crazier the more they get reconstructed is so fucking cool. Right. There's nothing with it, it seems like. Yeah. Well, then they're like, well, well but that, that immediately flies out the window when you take their helmets off and they're just a human. Yeah. Well, we ha- I have the picture up now. I guess my first takeaway is those are some very stiff poses. Thank you. Yes. Like... Those are some like 1990s poses, right? Where it's a single mole cast that can only go on one axis, so it can't have any. Yeah, I mean they're basically statues. I mean, again, they that aesthetic already doesn't appeal to me. Like my aesthetic is like Curse City. I think Curse City is the best models I've ever seen, and not the best collection of models I've ever seen. That's like my aesthetic. I would never paint that just based off the off the aesthetic. But even if you told me you lock me in a you trap me under plastic, if you will, and <laughs> and, and, uh, and said, oh, you have to paint something. I Those would not be at the top of my list just because the poses are just so flat and, and stiff. So even within the realm of something I didn't want to paint, I wouldn't want to paint those. I'm guessing they wanted to make them still feel like they were they had weight and they were powerful soldiers. And you, you don't have a powerful soldier doing like mid-flippy thing or whatever. Um, you make them like stoic or whatever. But... But I, but like, I, but you, but you can show. I think you can show Parthur Pose. Like, if you like, like, look at Frank Frazetta's artwork. Look at like, yeah. look at, look at those those thick boys swinging axes and stuff. They're right. v- very strong. There's a lot of weight to it. Yeah, yeah. And they have the they have the ability now with the technology they have for the models they make to have them have. I wonder if they're like, well, we want these guys to all be in a little line, and so if they're too, the models themselves won't like clink into each other or something. But anyway, that's going to be a big a big hotness here. Um, coming up and we'll probably see them the one thing that i think though that is the detriment of something like this if you're looking to enter in a, in a painting competition with them is we're going to be inundated across the internet with amazing paint jobs of stuff in this box before we get to the big competition and so mm. to a point that ben talked about earlier interesting are we already going to see three awesome jobs of this does that take into account? You almost want the product to almost like fly under the radar a little bit. Right. You want to find Curse City, bro. Yeah, Curse City. That flew under the radar because it got dropped immediately. True. And there's some good paint jobs out there, but I don't know if I've seen it. I mean, see, Richard Gray's done some some great work. Are you those. saying mine aren't cool, bro? Yeah, you could do that as a unit, dude. That would be awesome. You got this oh, whole wow. done. You're so nice. Ah, oh, okay. If you paint them all to the level, the the two that you have done, and they need they need a lot more work. I think. I th- I think they would still stand out. Yeah, that'd be cool. You have a shot, or if it's like you're close to getting that done, just have it to bring. It's not like you're sure. Yeah. In the hole. Yeah. You wouldn't be ashamed of sharing that. Yeah. No. But like th- that angel model comes out at the same time that angel model comes out like either this box or some other units or some other heroes come out everyone's going to be painting the angel so you know who is the bridesmaid right Mm. you know that's Mm. what you want to find that fell under the radar a little bit okay and then you know you got to make her into the rom-com from the 90s where (laughs) she she takes her glasses off and her paint smock and suddenly she's gorgeous that's what you're doing this angel has big problems also a little thick and stiff well I, so yeah, for free listeners, Scott just handled, handed me a, 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 a iPhone picture of this angel. 
I, is anybody talking about the fact that, that, that she's not level? Like, if I you... I seen it in a while. Okay, if there's... I don't know if it's some, a problem with a pose or a problem with a base, but if you follow the horrors, if you make... If you, there's something not level about it. It might be the picture. It might just be the picture. I don't think so, though. I think that there's a, a fundamental misalignment here, which is very rare for GW. But the, to me, the the horizontals of of the base look like they're listing like five degrees. Um, She's slightly tilted off. Of what? If you were to draw, a, uh, <laughs> if you're draw, yeah, you're you're right. If you were to draw a straight line through the horizontals of the base, and then draw oh. a straight line from the top of her head through like her center of gravity, those don't meet at ninety degrees, which they should. The the impression I get though is that the staircase is like dilapidated and like kind of messed up, and that's where that that angle's coming from. Uh, it's not a good look. Okay, I think a good conversion would be to just like unwonk that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would <laughs> probably <be>. would. <laughs> yeah, people would. You wouldn't, people wouldn't even necessarily notice it right away. It would just be more aesthetically pleasing when you first saw it. I, I didn't notice it right away. I just immediately felt like, what is so wrong yeah, with this? So and then funny. I started looking at all the angles. I was like, oh, that's just like, it's just misaligned. It, did, it doesn't feel right to me. This is a model that I think looks cool, but I will never paint. It is pretty stiff. Like just if you go, once you go past, yeah, it's a, it's a stiff pose. It's like, it is like a stiff 1990s pose. I, I think, but I think something like that is great conversion operation. You know, you know what I mean? You go, that's, I think part of this goal we were to start to like, do a little circle back here is like don't necessarily take things at face value because you know you could do a great conversion with that and like kind of unwonk it and maybe somehow make it more dynamic yeah so adjust the arms and the legs a little bit yeah look a little bit more angelic too she feels very like stuck to the ground and an angel should feel like their center of gravity is lifting them mm-hmm Get on that, Scott. We just designed a Slayer Sword right here. Yeah, we, we did it. Start here. Well, somebody needs to paint it, though. Yeah. yeah. And do all the conversion work. No, and then, that's and then give us all the credit. That's yeah. the easy part. We yeah. just yeah. told them how to do it. <laughs> yeah, just made, right? just made them it. the blueprint. Yeah. That's John's favorite thing, is to be the ideas guy. <laughs> <laughs> Never do anything. <laughs> all right. We are here to the end of the podcast. We're back from the after party, and we can't see straight. Nope. Nope. You've been topped, motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, man. Scott, what do we do at the end of the podcast? We shill hard. Okay, okay. Ben, I, can I, you shill for us? Yeah, tell uh, us why they should love us, Ben, please. Well, what are we, sorry, what are we shilling? We're shilling merch. Merch? We're shilling the Patreon. Okay. And we're shilling. We're all wearing black shirts not with merch, but none of them are our own merch. This yeah. was a terrible idea. Yeah. Hey, John. Hey, Scott. Isn't your Patreon like really cheap and embarrassing if you weren't? A subscriber? Actually, it is. It is. Yeah. You can, for a buck, you can buy me a do, and Scott can watch me drink it. <laughs> are you not entertained, friends? Yeah. What the heck? Are you not entertained, goody peepees? Do you not want 20 to 30 more minutes of this? Every fortnight? Every fortnight. And if you haven't been a patron up until this point, you have like, I don't know, how many episodes? Like seven years worth. Like seven years worth of, of, of bonus 30-minute contents. And in the bonus content, at least 33.3 repeating percent of us got naked. Yes. Yeah. I heard. Yeah. A- yeah, yeah. At least. Yeah. Right? Do you want to see that? That's the nudity floor, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's the minimum. In each after party, that's the minimum. I like that. Whenever we have a guest on, they have to get naked in the after party. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the contract. So uh, uh, what else do you get for being a member of the Patreon, well, Scott. For, for being, that's quite a deep conversation. Uh, but for being a member of the podcast, you get access to uh, 
submitting your models for us to give feedback on, mm -hmm. uh, giving us topics to discuss in future episodes. Obviously, you get to hear all this content in an extended episode, and you also get uh, to hear us talk about things that we've tried and failed and experimented with uh, in the last two weeks. And also, a model that we like from different painters out in the mini painting world and why we like it. Did you say that they can recommend topics for the podcast? Too? I did. God, that sounds like that. an incredible value. It's incredible. I, it is. Five dollars. So much. Please, we need more stuff to talk about. Our brains are only so big. And yes. it's not very big. Yes. Thankfully and, we had Ben here. And if you give us more money, we'll make more episodes of the podcast. <laughs> that's a lie. That's a that's a bold faced lie. We will right. not do that. Yes. At we, least right now. Well we'll keep making the same amount of episodes. Yeah, and be happier for it. <laughs> be happier for it. Because money buys happiness, right? Right. It, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's, we've established that. <laughs> right. That's a fact. Right. That's an established fact. Okay. Let's talk about Ben. Okay. Ben was here today ben on the special. podcast. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to talk about Ben's stuff, his blog, which is amazing, he kind of highlights the way he approaches a project. And having Ben with you for a little bit, I'm starting to know a pattern. Oh, I got patterns. I know. Okay. I think, I, I, and I think those patterns end up not just in miniature painting and sculpting but also in other places in your life and i think for a lot of people that kind of um like almost like mathematical approach to miniature painting is incredibly helpful because a lot of people when they're painting don't spell things out right mm -hmm. it's a very artistic process it's very flowy you know it's not it's not spelled out but i think you are special because you spell things out very specifically especially on your your post on your blog uh if you want to check that out it's linked down below um, it's very unique and very different, um, I think. And also, it's Instagram's down there as well. Anything else you want to shout out? I would definitely uh, direct people towards my Instagram more than... I mean, you should check out my blog. Yeah. Check out everything to do with me. <laughs> I see. Honestly, <laughs> I like your blog a lot. I, I like my blog a lot, too. I think I should update my blog more. Because if you want to get fresh, fresh content oh. on at a constant, consistent rate, it's yeah. definitely the gram. But you should just do both. Yeah, do both. Yeah. One's more of a trickle feed. The other one's kind of like the whole meals. Yeah. I should do another big blog post soon. I actually haven't updated it in a while. Yeah. That's not to say what is there isn't great and no, amazing. You should check it out. It is. And right. you should. You could you could do a recap of your whole trip to Minnesota. Yeah. And, and how it expanded your universe as a person. And how we're amazing people. Yeah. And how great this was. Yeah. None of that. This this That will be the first line. Is, hey, I just want you to go, this post is not under duress. <laughs> <laughs> this, post may, this post made not under duress. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No. Uh, we have officially uh, inaugurated a new member of the Goody PP Kingdom. Yeah. And that is one Benjamin Cantor. We Thank have, you, We man. have reigned in hell. We did. Yes. We reigned in hell. Yeah. We got a new Goody PP. And until next time, we will catch you on the Flippity Flop.